0: Parents strongly caution the following, following programs are intended
1: for mature audiences over the age of 18. These programs may contain intense violence, sexual situations, coarse language, and suggestive dialogue. In the near future, corporate networks reach out to the stars, and electrons and light flow throughout the universe. The advance of computerization, however, has not yet wiped out nations and ethnic groups. Love Machines
2: in 2029
0: AD. Hello everyone, welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. My name is Jose Gametto, and with me tonight is... Yeah, Samurai Realmatics Maddox. And... Sketch.
3: And... Daniel Sherlock, webmaster of ToonamiFable.com.
4: Welcome back, bitch. That's I know, right? <laughs>
3: it's been forever actually (laughs) not that long
0: you were were here while i was away Mm. one time one time yeah so it wasn't that long (laughs) so shut up (laughs) anyways um this is the first episode in our month of ghost in the shell or ghost in the shell month uh really excited about the show we have tonight we are bringing back returning champion richard epcard but before we get to that We've got a new segment and as well as uh, the news that you all love so much. Without any further ado, let's get right into it. Attack on Titan, Episode 1, to you, 2,000 years in the future, the fall of Shinganshima. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Part 1.
4: I thought it was Shinganshima.
0: Z- Z- how the fuck do you... Shinganshima. just
4: leave it at that. Shina. Shina.
0: There we go, there we go. <laughs> fuck it, that's it. Zigashima. Anyways, <laughs> that's the episode title. Uh, we're not going to do the whole credits list because it's the same people. Um... We probably should, should not we? The credits mm. list thingy. Probably.
1: Yeah.
0: We know. did it for we
3: did it for Space Dandy. Yeah, but Space
0: Dandy had like different people on every episode. I don't think that's the same thing with a Dragon Titan. No, Titan is still yeah, directed so by the same guy. Yep.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, uh, yeah. We can just true. say the director's name and we can move on from here.
2: <laughs> well, it's, it's directed by Mike McFarland. It's written
0: by uh, J. Michael Tatum, Tatum. Yeah. and head writer is. Jay, uh, John Bergema. Uh, the anime's director, though, in case you do not know, is, uh, Tetsuyo Araki? Araki? I think that's how you pronounce his name. I believe that's who it is. He's also the director of High School of the Dead and, uh, and Death Note and, you know, just put... Many other Oh, things. and Guilty Gear. So, you yeah. know... <laughs> I knew I forgot one. I was like, I'm forgetting one. He directed something else that I really didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty Gear? Guilty, Guilty
4: Crown. Keeper. Sorry. Guilty Crown. Guilty Crown. Crown. <laughs> Guilty Crown. <laughs> I was just I, waiting I, for the correction there somewhere. I didn't
0: like it so much, I forgot the name of it. And associated with a video game. <laughs> That's, That's actually, a lot better than that. <laughs> <laughs> that I've never played, so whatever. Anyway, oh, so... so uh, how I
4: think about it. I think about the Thomas Crown Affair.
0: So, okay. Sketch myself, Darrell, we've all seen Attack on Titan before in Japanese. We were there on the simulcast. Daniel, I don't know about you. Were you there? Oh, I was not at the simulcast, but I've seen it in Japanese. So have you seen the whole show in Japanese?
3: No, I I actually saw like maybe half of it.
0: Okay, so unfortunately he's not here tonight, but Paul would actually be the only one of us who has actually not seen this show in Japanese then. Yeah, pretty I much. I guess so. <laughs> We've all seen it in Japanese, so we're already... This like, isn't like the Space Dandy recaps where, like, <laughs> nobody had ever seen the show. We've all seen it. Except for Paul. Except for Paul. <laughs> but Paul, Paul's seen it at this point. We're, we're recording on Sunday. I'm sure he's seen it by now.
4: Yeah, he's seen it.
0: But he hasn't seen it in Japanese. No, he hasn't seen it in Japanese. <laughs> so he, he has He has the freshest eyes out of all of us, but since he's not here, we're not going to talk about him anymore, because he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> um... So I'm not you guys doing in this podcast. Yeah, we should uh, we should talk about the English dub. Um, we're all fans of this show. I think it's fair to say we all like this show. So yay! No, we all absolutely hate it. No, we love it. No, I love this show. Like, this is <laughs> this is awesome. It is awesome. I was a bit. I mean, we were all kind of like on the "Hey, get Attack on Titan on tsunami" bandwagon, and it feels <laughs> for a, like- a while actually <laughs> for a while. But it's been about a year, and we have it doesn't feel like it. No, I really nah, do. Doesn't feel that long. Does not feel that long at all. It uh, it's really. It was a pretty short year. <laughs> like when did Attack on Titan start airing? Like in March, right? In Japan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Just like tag. yeah, like a little over a year, and we here we are dub. Dub premiere. Dub premiere on Toonami. Uh, Jim had actually seen it at Anime Boston. I did not go because I saw that. I saw the amount of people in that room, <laughs> and I was like, "Nope." Too claustrophobic for you? I I just don't want to deal with that many people in a cranky <laughs> mood.
4: <laughs> What's wrong, man? You suffer from agoraphobia?
0: No, I I have no problems with hanging around people, just not when I'm not in the greatest of moves or exhausted. Understand?
3: <laughs> yeah. And I was I both at Boston.
0: I could... I
3: could feel the same, <laughs> especially in New York Comic Con. You kind of feel like that
0: after a while. You're just like, "Oh, I hate people. Why are you all here?" <laughs> exactly. You're like, and you're, Ugh. "But anyways, let's actually talk about this episode." So this episode opens up with uh, we learn about the Titans, and we learn we first see the um, the walls, the Maria, the Pinta, the Santa Maria, whatever the fuck they're called. In 1492. The <laughs> 1472.
1: No, 92. No, 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 92. He's right. He knows he his history. Right. Yes, he does. We don't
0: know the names of the walls on Attack on Titan, but damn it, we know the names of the ships. <laughs> <laughs> the, Nina, the, Pin- the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. One there of you them, go. Two, two whores and a saint.
3: There we Not go. Not even joking. That's true. Dude, that sounds
4: like a
0: friggin'... That's true. Two of the ships were named after whores.
4: <laughs> sounds good to me. That's <laughs> well, let's move two on.
2: Two whores <laughs> and a saint sounds like a good... Sitcom.
4: Yep. Coming to CBS like this fall.
0: <laughs> Edited by Jose. <laughs> the Nina, Pinta and Santa Maria coming to CBS this fall. Because we got to replace yeah, How Post. I Met Your Mother with something.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, we did. Anyways, uh, I so do... so Wall Maria, I think is a. I think that's I guess, the wall. wall. Okay, that's yeah. first wall. Wall Maria. Uh we see that, you know, Aaron and Mikasa are living in that wall, but outside the wall is Titan land, and the uh Scout group goes out on their omnidirectional gears, not 3D maneuver gears. Uh to Titan Land, the happiest place on earth. To Titan land and, <laughs> and immediately get their asses chewed out, literally. Um and we uh follow Aaron through his chores and he meets up with Hans, the garrison-friendly dude who gets drunk in the middle of the day instead of doing his job. Um, Damn, i make a derail reference there, motherfucker. Resting on their laurels. Resting on their laurels. Resting on the wall. Yes, Just Sitting on top of it like, do you see any Titans? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Clear! And Aaron gets pissed at this, and he's like, you suck. You don't actually do anything because, you know, and I want to go outside. I want to see a whole new world. A magic place mm-hmm. I never knew. <laughs> that was gonna
3: go there. <laughs> <laughs> Aladdin.
0: We're making references to everything but Attack on Titan tonight is what's that's happening. One. Yep. <sighs> um but yeah, that's uh you know, and you know, Hans is like, I really hope he doesn't well in the Japanese version, I forgot what he says in the English version. <laughs> but in the Japanese version he's sort of pretty blunt Is like, I really hope he doesn't join the scouts. That would be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, uh, so, the scouts do come back, and Aaron and Mikasa see them, and they're fucked up, and probably the most fucked up thing that could ever happen to a mother happens to a mother. Yep. Um,
4: Yeah, Moses only came back with an arm, you know. Moses'
0: arm is the only, like, who the, why the fuck would you do that? Like, that dude must have been so gone, where he was just like,
2: Just the arm? I mean, really, just tell him that he's
0: dead. Yeah, just tell him he's dead, and not <laughs> tell him, tell her, tell tell her he's dead. Not, not the um, not you know, not give, her arm, arm not give her the arm, not give her the it. arm in <laughs> public. Like,
3: Where's my Moses? Well, well,
2: you know,
1: this
3: is all we found.
1: We...
0: And the cues the opening of the present. Oh, and then my my favorite thing though is, is like, well, at least and she's like losing her shit at this point it wasn't worthless right and then this dude has clearly no skills with like dealing with grieving mothers because he just goes nope it was completely pointless
1: <laughs>
0: his death was completely in vain we learned it was, nothing
4: uh, very you honest know, honest it <laughs> was, it's an honest answer man but it's an honest being... answer
0: but you don't say that to a grieving mother no you never <laughs> no. say that to
4: a grieving mother you say yes your son did Died with he could. He died with honor. He really did die with honor, though, man. Seriously, you're serving your country, man. You're serving That's your basically... wall. <laughs> <You're> serving... <laughs> Let's be clear, a it's a wall. <laughs> hey, look here. You're serving your district, man. Your unit, whatever. Basically, <laughs> you want to die with some honor, man. I'm and... serve the cage. <laughs> hey, yeah, at least he wasn't cattle.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, he tried. Didn't get yeah. too far, and we'll, we'll learn very quickly. <laughs> no, about... he was free-range.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll
0: learn very quickly that throughout this show, nobody really gets that far.
1: No. Nope. So, nope.
0: um. Nope, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. So, uh, here we go. Uh, Aaron still wants to go on, and but he tells me to you know, as an
2: aside, when Aaron was out just kind of chilling in the flowers, that wasn't actually outside the walls, was it? No, no, no. no that wasn't outside the walls.
4: It was inside I the was walls. That was inside.
0: No. You see the wall in the background. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It's there. I saw it. It's there. It's somewhere. Um, there. I, if I remember correctly, there are a couple. I mean, okay, that. Uh, I'm going to okay, spoiler territory.
1: Wall... Oh, no.
4: Spoiler. <laughs>
0: spoiler territory. I better not talk about that. Actually.
4: You have three walls. You know. Yeah, you, you have three the, walls. You got, you got the outer wall, the middle wall, the Maria, and the inner. Yeah.
0: And. And then I something see. else, and then something else.
4: Yeah, I'm not going to tell you the names of them
0: cuz I spoil, do. spoil. They're not spoilers, no. we just don't remember you the just names don't remember of them. The oh, no. names. <laughs> no,
1: we could
2: get theory. it to spoilers though. <laughs> we can't remember <laughs> can... the names of all the characters, how are we going to remember
0: the names of the walls? I can't remember everybody on Game of Thrones. There's no way I'm going to remember the damn walls on Attack on Titan. <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey, it's only 3 walls and I can barely count the two. You're happened,
2: hurting huh? the walls' feelings, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: can we break uh, the four pray quality? forgiveness from the walls. <laughs> God. I love that priest guy. I'm so glad he's. Well, wait, did he? Uh, well, I don't think he died in this episode. It's not much of a spoiler that, that dude dies. He's a religious figure. He's going to die. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he's,
2: he may have. He may I, have it's died. all a blur.
0: I just watched this, and it's all a blur. It's either that
2: or the next episode.
0: <gasps> he dies in, like, the first ten minutes of the second episode, so don't worry, everybody. It's not a big spoiler, like, you never <laughs> see that dude again. It's <laughs> and he's not, a... and he's not that important oh, anyway. It's <laughs> yeah.
4: But you do catch a couple of tags fapping at the
1: wall, though.
0: Yeah, anyways, uh, but we should actually get back to this episode. And, yeah. uh, you know, so Aaron gets home, and he uh, he's like, Mika I don't fucking tell my parents. And then Mika says, like, hey, I'm going to fucking tell your parents. And he tells her parents. Um... <laughs> And they're like, hey, you're an idiot. Don't do that. That's really stupid. Stay inside the wall like a good boy. And Aaron's like, you're not the boss of me. And, he, and mom's like, yeah, I am.
4: <laughs> I mean, that's she that's... only cared around for now months I pushed him out of her vagina.
0: You can go back where you came from. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and dad's kind of nonchalant. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, uh, dad's kind of like, oh, you know, if you scold him, his curiosity will just grow even more. Listen, Aaron, like, don't do anything rash, but I'm going to show you what's in the cellar, so be a good boy and wait till I come back. All right, laters. And he goes off for a drink and never comes back. Um, <laughs> Typical That's not a squirrel, <laughs> He doesn't in appear the for the rest of the episode, so he's gone.
4: Yeah, pretty much the way most fathers abandon the kids, go out for a drink and never return.
0: Yep, he's gone. So, I plan
4: on doing that one day myself. Oh,
0: that's <laughs> oh, God, That's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we know what Durrell does for a living, but it's terrible. <laughs> Way to perpetuate stereotypes. Anyways, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> living contradiction every day. Living contradiction. Anyways, um, so Dad's out of the picture. He's left. He's on this super secret mission. He's going into the inner walls right now. Um, and you know, he tells him the key, cellar, blah blah blah. He leaves. Uh, and Aaron's like, I'm gonna go outside and be all. Mopey or angry because I'm always angry because I'm Aaron and uh, Nikasa follows him because Nikasa is like his Pikachu, just follows him everywhere. That's the best way to describe her. Just he's Ash, he's Pikachu. Done. Uh... (sighs) If if, if Pikachu wanted to fuck Ash. so that's their relationship in a nutshell um don't worry they're not actually brother and sister that's not a spoiler uh so the uh they go outside and they meet their friend armin and armin's about to get his ass beat because he's too smart and we've all been there um (laughs) some more than others some more than others yeah um they uh but he's like, you know, you're just beating my ass because I'm smart. And then the other kids are like, oh, look, Aaron's coming. Let's whoop his ass, too. And then they see Mikasa behind them. And they're like, we're gentlemen and we don't hit girls. And they run away. <laughs> That's the reasoning. That's the reasoning they, I'm they assuming. They ran that like babies. They ran like little girls.
4: Yes. Because of bad girl. To be fair, be... she
2: had a very scary look on her face. <laughs> she like... did.
0: That is just kind of her look, though. That really is just kind of Mika's look. It's just like, all right.
4: Mikasa has. A I guess I'm eyes gonna have killer, to dude. whoop some asses. <laughs> she has the eyes of a killer. Yep.
0: Right, you can recognize those all point man. Because they mm-hmm. draw them, they 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 take out the shine off anime characters. That's how you know they have the eyes of a killer. <laughs> That's how you know. Anyways, um, they uh, so yeah, Mikasa scared them away. And then they're hanging out. And they're like, man, I want to go outside. So do I. Yeah, the outside world's cool. Mikasa's like, you both are idiots. Um, And then Armin's like, what if a Titan, you know, were to fucking show up? And then a Titan shows up and he's like, what the fuck? Why did I say that? <laughs> this colossal Titan. I, did, I wish for this adventure. <laughs> this colossal Titan, which is literally apparently the tallest Titan they've ever seen. 60 meters, right? Yeah, it's like it's like 60 meters tall. It's like peeking over the wall like Wilson in um, Home Improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Again, making references to everything but Attack on Titan. Oh. If, I can, if I can, make save us. If I can make an, if I can make a, a Dragon Ball Z reference in this, I've won the game. Um, so we'll find one eventually. <laughs> we'll find one. So the Titan, you know, he picks up his foot and kicks the wall down, and it's, it comes through, you know. The force of his kick is so strong, it's kind of like a mini-hurricane and blows people away, as well as sends debris <laughs> flying everywhere, and that's not really funny. I'm actually... Be- that's what happens. Debris I, falls everywhere. Yeah, it's yep. kind of horrific. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, crushes old ladies, crushes, you know, civilians, and everybody's running, trying to scream for the last... A life. bird died that day. <laughs> I, did, did a bird die?
4: I think I saw a
3: bird die. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe it wasn't, but um, anyways,
2: possibility
0: that birds died. Not really the things you should be focusing on dying. <laughs> no, nope. uh, uh, they can fly away, and titans really don't have an interest in them. So <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. <laughs> um. So because uh, they can't catch them, they're too. They can fly away. No. People are on the ground. They can grab them.
4: Dear God, turn me into a bird so I can fly far, far away.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> <more scum laughs> we're, we're, now we're referencing bird reference. Okay. Then. But anyways, enough with the birds. Um... They
3: can fly if this is Dragon Ball Z.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sketch won the game. Sketch won. All right, we're, it's over. So, um, yeah, anyways. they uh, So the debris is crushing everybody, and the Colossal Titan disappears. And the, the regular Titans, the, you know, the, the so-many-meter-tall Titans yeah, start coming through the wall, through the hole that the Colossal Titan has created, and they are just fucking massacring everybody. Like, nobody is safe. Women, children, men. Nobody's safe. Everybody is on the buffet table. And Armin's like, hey, we gotta go in the other direction, because they're in here, and I don't want to die. I feel like being a main character in the series... Which is not recommended. Um, <laughs> and he—it uh, well, is recommended if you don't want to die in the first episode. At least not the first episode. Yeah. Well, Aaron's mom uh, didn't fare too well.
1: No. <laughs> and speaking no, of Aaron's mom, you, man.
0: she's not a main character. She kind of is. Yeah.
1: She's yeah.
0: she's at least as important as a Disney parent, which also have a tendency of dying. That would be Max's mom, Goofy's wife. That would be Terrence Howard and The Princess and the Frog, even though she's, he's the dad. <laughs> I just wanted to make a Princess and the Frog reference. Congratulations, sir. So anyways, um, oh, Jasmine's mom. She's dead. Good I point. brought it back to Aladdin.
4: Yeah. <laughs> a, whole,
1: a whole
0: new world. Um, so anyways, the, um, so the debris has fallen on Aaron's house, and Mika and Aaron go running, and they see mom... Trapped in the thing. And she's like, look, my legs are crushed. You just got to fucking leave now. And Aaron's like, I'm not doing that. And she's like, dude, Mikasa, take him away. And Mikasa's like, I'm not doing that either. I'm with him. We can get out of here. And Han- Super Saiyan Hans shows up. Hans. Like, <laughs> he flies in and he's like, look, I'm going to save everybody. It, it's the least I can do. And then he runs up to this other Titan and he's like, I am not prepared for this anarchy, and he runs the opposite direction and saves Mikasa and um, and Aaron. Aaron, and they go flying away. And Aaron, unfortunately, is turned around watching oh this. <laughs> poor, poor mom. This scene broke my heart. Being really serious now, um, the mother, she is screaming out like Aaron, Mikasa, and she's like, you know, thank you. She's like, thank God, Hans has taken them away. And then she sort of flashes to him because she realizes she's about to die, and she's like, "Don't leave me." She like loses her nerve immediately. She was trying to get the kids out of there, but now she's like, "Don't leave me." She is so fucking scared to die. And the Titan picks her up, breaks her, uh, and chomps down, basically at the waist. And Aaron is unfortunately witness to all of this as the blood splatters. Down and then the credits roll. And that is Attack on Titan, episode one. We're in for a happy show. <laughs> Very <laughs> well, happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least you can
4: say one thing though. Characters on Naruto survive just a little bit longer than the ones on Attack
0: on Titan. Just a little bit. Uh I would say characters on Walking Dead survive a little longer. a <laughs> yes, fucking Dead reference. Naruto
2: constantly <laughs> cheats death.
0: Yeah, Naruto, I wouldn't say Naruto at all. Naruto, there's tons of people who live.
3: Mm.
0: Sasuke's she- still alive,
3: last I checked.
0: <laughs> Whoa, spoiler, buddy. Damn. Really, Sasuke's still alive? That's the thing. Is that really a spoiler? It's been, like, years. <laughs> mm. Okay. 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 Who knows anymore? Who's catching? Who's caught up? <laughs> None Spoiler of us. alert: Luffy's still alive on One Piece. Oh man! That, what? Um, what? What? He's oh, not man. king of the pirates yet. I believe he's
2: still the main character. Oh <laughs> man! Now question. I don't want to watch Jose. See?
0: Spoiled. I so much. I and mean, there's a lot of. Oh, I see.
2: One. That's awesome. how you spoiled it.
0: So, anyways, <laughs> um, but the. Uh... But yeah, that was the first episode. What do you guys think? I mean, like obviously we've all seen it, so let's let's talk about the dub, but what did you guys think about this first episode? Let's start with Daniel. It's awesome. What's there to say about it? All right, someone who has more <laughs> words, Darrell.
4: Uh, I was real impressed with the dub, man. I think the so far that the you know voice actors with the dub have done a real great job with it. And as far as the action, you know, You can tell that it's going to be pretty good anyway. You know, I kind of hate the way Hunt is kind of bitched up, man, when he was about to kill that Titan then and had second thoughts. But, you know, you can understand it inevitably. He was probably halfway drunk anyway. But the thing is, Attack on Titan has a whole lot of promise, even though I have seen the, you know, the Japanese sub. You know, I'm really looking forward to watching again in the dub, you know, from the Western perspective and all. All
0: right. Sketch? Yeah, I
2: I'd say this show overall, it's just it's stunning. It really is stunning. Even though I've seen it before,
3: these emotional <laughs> moments. See, we we've like, seen it before. Just, it's kind of like, oh.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not as earth-shattering to me as when I watched it the first time, obviously, but it still resonates. Every major beat still resonates. The part when the army officer said no he he died for nothing and the part when aaron's mom dies and the part when hannes is so scared that he can't do anything but run
0: it's all just "Mm, so good um my 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 feelings on the show i think are pretty well known i like this show i really do i think it's a great show and i i compare it constantly like shows where nobody is safe, like Game of Thrones and <laughs> Walking Dead, where not even the main characters are shit are safe. Anybody can die. And, you know, this show will prove that to you time and time again, no matter how close you get to the, some of these people. And look, let's not Let's not pretend we don't feel anything for any of these characters in the first episode. They establish who all these characters are very quickly and develop them very quickly. And very well done. And, and that's that's a credit to Wit Studio and that's a credit to Production IG. That's also a big credit to uh, the actors on both sides. Uh, the Funimation actors, I think, did a great job. My only issue is, I think, Armin and Aaron, their current voices. I, 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 I'm sure they'll sound fine when they're older, but their current voices don't sound uh like children as much as i would like them to um, yeah <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> and genial. sound way too similar <laughs> the, no i don't similar no but they sound they sound oh, at least
3: Aaron, uh, and like, other, I, maybe okay. it's because
0: i know that they are adult men trying to sound really young uh <laughs> but you know i i still like it um and i don't think the performance was bad i just i can tell that it's you know it's bryce and josh <laughs> it
2: wasn't exactly the high point of this episode's performances. They still sound
0: really similar. No, I don't think right? they sound similar. Um, at least I don't. But uh, I, And
3: I don't want to say... hard to they're... tell the difference when you're, you're just hearing the the voice and then you actually compare it to the... Uh, <laughs> seeing care, them talk.
2: I can tell the difference. I can tell see a lot difference. of people compare mm. Bryce's young Aaron to Vipinana's young Ed.
0: Yeah, but there's there's a tone in that voice. Yeah, I feel like I I don't want to throw Bryce under the bus here because Bryce is an amazing dude and amazing actor. But like I think I think you know Vic pulled that off way better uh, when he was young Ed. Uh, Young Aaron sounds like Bryce, but a little bit higher pitch. I don't know if there's anything maybe that could have been done or should have been done, maybe in the mix to make Aaron sound even higher than Bryce could go. I think that would have been I don't I don't usually like to modify people's voices, but like I think that would have been a little bit of a better way to go. Josh wasn't as bad, but I could still tell that it was, you know, again, an older dude just trying to make a young voice. A punch in the balls will always work. That's <laughs> too high. <laughs> <laughs> too high. That's <laughs> too high. It's but, too high. But that being said, like look, it's not it's not that big of a deal.
2: It's really not Yeah, those tones are going to be gone after two episodes. Yeah, they're
0: going to be gone after two episodes. They'll be fine. Because right
2: now, I'm like, uh, who's talking? There are some events (laughs) that happened before, so those... Okay. But...
3: Oh, I mean, to me, it sounded like they were both similar. Like, Bryce Packen was voicing both of them at one point. (laughs) It sounded...
4: Oh, I could tell who was who, man.
0: Nah. Nah, I I didn't have that problem. Yeah, I didn't have a problem either. But... Um, It's not a knock on the performance because their performances were compelling. Like when, you know, he's screaming for his mother, it's like, is like it's still as heartbreaking. Oh, it's still as heartbreaking as it is in the Japanese version. It's still as heartbreaking. And I think that's just, you know, that minor quibble aside, which, look, I had the same problem with, I have my own problems with the Japanese version of this show. <laughs> uh, I think Armin's voice, one, is way too high pitched than the Japanese version because it's a girl. Yep. And Armin comes off as way too feminine. Uh, I've shown this show to a lot of people in Japanese, and the first thing they go is, "Is Armin a girl?" <laughs> <laughs> and I think I you know he was at first. And, 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 casting Josh was a brilliant choice because one, you're not going to have that problem anymore. It's clearly a guy. Armin yes. as a young dude, yes, 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 clearly a yes, guy. Yes. When he's older, you're still going to be able to tell he's clearly a guy. So that that won't be a problem, and I I, I respect that choice. <laughs> Aaron still sounds fine, and, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, and the direction by Mike McFarlane, I think, is, is great. I think everybody did an amazing job on this first episode. I can't wait to see next week's. Um, I can't wait to see Attack on Titan, man. Overall, I can't wait to see the, new, the, the newbies, and I say that affectionately, the newbies' reactions to this episode or, well, or, long, and future episodes.
4: enjoyed it, dude.
2: I was just looking up the hashtag Attack on Titan, scrolling back, earlier today to see what people were generally saying about things. Uh, it seemed to be mostly positive, but yeah. then again, I suppose somebody who doesn't I'll like I'll it will start to come use eventually.
4: <laughs> well, I think the probably only negative thing I actually saw last night on Twitter was people bitching about the opening. Yeah. Come on, people.
0: Okay, can you, we talk about this?
4: Yes, cuz yeah, we need to talk about this.
0: Okay, guys, can we can we stop with the openings? Can we just stop, please? Enjoy. remember remember exactly. way back in the old toonami days they used to not play the openings ever we got these awesome intros did you bitch, back then no because no <laughs> thank you <laughs> because Jose. no i like that well.
3: we, we we got short rock the dragon
0: <laughs> well even when they took out rock the dragon we still got these custom tsunami intros and we love those and I get that we're not getting custom tsunami intros for everything now. I get that, but is it really that big of a deal if we cut the intro out of a show? It's not like you can't no, go but... see it online. And of all the intros they can cut, like Attack on Titan's fine with me because guess what? Most of the people probably bitching about the opening have seen the opening like twenty bajillion times.
4: It's the opening for the entire show. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, 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 it's not the opening
0: for the entire show. It's opening show. for half the, show. half the
4: show. And then they come in with a new one
0: that's kind of more opera like. Like, how many, like, show I'm of hands, sure. how many of us have actually gone out to seek the opening of Attack on Titan online?
4: Man, all the damn time. If I want to listen to the opening, hell, how i watched Attack.
0: show you our hands. I'm raising
2: I'm
4: my hand. I'm assuming everybody's right now. raising their
0: hand. <laughs>
4: Raise your hand if you're sure.
0: It's in the same way. Uh, I think we're. <laughs> The same thing happened with Space Dandy, where, like, everybody was bitching about the lack of the Japanese intro, and I'm like, look, I get it, the Japanese intro is awesome, but, like, it's, it's not line. Fine. It's not that big of a deal if t plays it or not. I don't mind if they do, and I don't mind if they don't. I didn't mind the, the custom intro they made. I don't mind the Attack on Titan shortened intro. Uh, I'm glad that they are going to put the whole thing on, because they planned to put the whole thing on. They made it very clear, like, hey, we don't know what happened to Funimation. That wasn't our fault. Sorry. But I don't think it's a big enough deal that, like, everybody needs to get up in arms and be like, Oh, those fuckers at tsunami fucked up again. You know? Like, no, it's not that big of a deal at all.
4: Go to the internet.
0: Yeah. We're here to watch the show, you know the damn. the thing you've never seen before. Not like the, uh, the intro,
3: which you can download or probably watch on YouTube about a billion times anyway.
0: Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah, go guys. watch
4: Attack on Christopher Walken, Damn
0: it! <laughs> <laughs> that was at uh, two hundred thousand views last I checked. Uh, so,
1: it
3: it gets up there gets a couple there. times. Well, I see it gets a little
0: publicity once in a while. I I it's yeah that I. That's the best thing I'll ever do, probably, ever in my life. I will <laughs> never escape that damn video.
4: No, you won't. No. Because i will post it again soon. And you
0: never will, should ever do it again because <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Well, I can't do it again. It's over. It's online. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you can be like, you know what? I'm going to remake of this.
1: You can't. <laughs> oh God, well, I, just,
0: I can't top it.
2: In regards to openings, do you think maybe perhaps they should just go ahead and get rid of all of them? Nah. Absolutely, all of them. Don't even do 30 second cuts. Just all of them replaced by tsunami openings. I would like that, especially for One Piece. One Piece. Oh, by- yeah, definitely. No, especially yeah. for OG Naruto.
3: Oh, God. Oh. Please, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, maybe just Naruto. <laughs> Why won't you save us
0: from Rise?
3: Why won't you save us from rise?
0: Well cuz I the thing is like I don't like the inconsistency personally. I just Exactly. I was, the inconsistency is what gets a lot of people annoyed. I would like them to just cut all the intros. Keep the closing credits cuz I think that's important. You can edit that down, but I think that's too important to cut out. But, you know, we have these huge inconsistencies like Black Lagoon gets to keep its entire intro. Which is ending the entire ending. And the entire ending, you're right. Uh, Ghost in the not, Shell. Not sure how they're doing it. Ghost in the Shell gets to keep its entire intro, but they cut out all the credits, which I'm like, uh, I want to know who yeah. worked on the show. They did the same thing with Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> yep, same thing. Uh, Space <laughs> Dandy, they, they had a 30 second cut and they made their own custom uh, ending, which is fine. And then they got the full ending, and then they cut the next episode preview one night, which I'm like, you know, I was like, I knew that was kind of going to happen. They had to lose something.
4: Shit, Bleach don't even get an opening.
0: <laughs> not anymore. It used to.
4: <laughs> used to? Not anymore. Now they
0: get the 30-second, you know, tsunami intro, which I'm fine with.
4: Yeah, I'm fine with that all day long, you know. Hell, I get to watch more Bleach, man. <laughs> I like the Bleach intro.
0: <laughs> I really want them to cut the, um, the One Piece intro so bad. Just cut it from the show. Because pretty soon we're going to get into the point at One Piece where there is no uh, ending anymore and the openings are 2 minutes and 30 seconds. Well, that's going to cause its own problems. Yeah, so I'm just like, uh, how do you fix that? I'm sure they're thinking
2: about that. (laughs) Time to make an original ending.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're going to have to. Because we still need credits out, on the screen.
2: You take the opening song and you use it as the end credits because more <laughs> people don't care about the opening. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Just put it, put it somewhere. But that's going to be interesting what they do with that show.
1: What well, yeah, it, I mean, we- if you're
0: so <laughs> from Gurren
2: Yumia. When you start Attack on Titan, imagine if it played at the
3: end.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, because you know the brain ending... would explode from the epicness. You know, because <laughs> the ending of Attack on Titan—does anybody really like care for it too much? Like it's Dude, pretty. It
4: makes me sleepy.
0: It's pretty. It, it makes
2: me sleepy too.
0: It's pretty. Pretty,
4: but it makes me sleepy.
0: That's about it. Yeah, that is about it. Yep. But yeah, I think that's all we have to say about Attack on Titan because we've been on this call for a while now. Yes, yeah. Uh, and we have been talking about Attack on Titan it's for good. six minutes. And we it. have a thirty. We have an hour-long interview to do, so yay! <laughs> so let's uh, let's get the hell out of here and get into the ratings
4: from Facebook, Twitter, and the official Toonami Tumblr. This is Toonami News, powered by ToonamiFaithful.com.
0: Space Candy comes in at 1,232,000. Bleach comes in at 1,302,000. Naruto Ship It In, 1,150,000. One Piece, 987,000. Blue Exorcist, 978,000. <clears> Black Lagoon, 911,000. Naruto, 827,000. Ghost in the Shell, 640,000. Brotherhood, 622,000. Samurai Jack, 603,000. IGPX, 564,000. Clone Wars, 622,000. Symbionic Titans. Ends the night with 562,000 newsier ratings for April 26, 2014. And before anybody comments, I'm just going to go very quickly to the ratings comparison because I want to get through these very fast. Boondocks came in at 1,250,000. Bleach, 1,223,000. Naruto, 1,135,000. Soul Eater, 167,000. Thundercats, 902,000. IGPX, 848,000. Aodaka 7, 762,000. GXP, 739,000. Uh, Symbionic Titan, 707,000. Brotherhood, 681,000. Bebop, 604,000. Inuyasha, 649,000. And Inuyasha End of the Night with 617,000. Those are your ratings for last year. Uh, you know, we have our ups and downs. Dandy went down, sadly. Bleach went expect- up. Oh, yeah. But all in all, it was like pretty close nothing nothing really you know exemplary we are we are getting higher household ratings though i feel like in our in our regular number in our this year's numbers they seem to be higher That's and of course scared. and of mm. course our 18 to 34s are still very high we ranked uh, one piece ranked number 1 blue exorcist ranked number 1 black lagoon ranked number 1 um so yeah overall very good yeah. Yes, we're doing good. Doing good, everybody. Keep it up. Uh, and next thing is the trending. Very quickly going through those Attack on Titan, Attack on Tsunami, Eren, Hans, Mikasa, Orihime uh, from Bleach, Space Dandy, Blue Exorcist, Black Lagoon, Revy, Naruto, Fullmetal Alchemist, well, FMA Brotherhood, Samurai Jack, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and Symbionic Titan were all trending that night. Everybody loves Revy, though. Yep. mobile trends, uh, mm-hmm. Tsunami, Attack on Titan, Attack on Tsunami, <laughs> Titan, Eren, Mikasa, Bleach, Orihime, Space Dandy, Black Lagoon, Revy, Naruto, FMA Brotherhood, Samurai Jack. Those are trending. Uh, overall, very good trending. Yeah. I didn't watch. I look. It, yesterday w- was. I went out because it was my my birthday's tomorrow, and tomorrow's Monday. So I wanted to get drunk last night with my friends. May the fifth <laughs> be with you. Yep. Uh, so I did not watch tsunami except Attack on Titan when I got literally thirty minutes ago.
1: <laughs> well, thirty minutes before this episode started That's okay, recording.
2: Okay,
0: Jose, I, I watched pretty much the whole thing except half a dandy. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I missed everything. Uh, I watched so...
4: everything until I got put in goddamn Twitter jail. I couldn't tweet no more. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Uh, man, I was dual
2: screening. Ya. I had the Adult Swim video app running on the TV, and I had the computer in my hands. So I was running Skype and Twitter and watching it all at the same time. I had to rewatch some things, honestly. It's, Here's some... it's very hard to pay attention to the shows with that much going
0: on. Anyways, um, so the other big news that we, we we're kind of, I guess, delaying subconsciously, because <laughs> I'm not sure we want to talk about it, but we want to talk about it. Dragon, dragon.
2: Rock
3: the dragon, 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 dragon,
0: dragon Ball Z. Z. I hope we get that.
2: That would be so. Can I go awesome. to a potty break now? No. <laughs> no that, you're not. You're not gonna get Rock the
0: Dragon. <laughs> I know, because it doesn't come with this movie. No. <laughs> nope. So no. <laughs> Remember that April Fool's joke we played? Yeah. That, turns yeah. out it, we were about a month off.
2: A... <laughs> <laughs> the other amazing thing is you were correct about Dragon Ball Z for an hour. Or so.
0: <laughs> um didn't think you'd be right about that one didn't think I'd be right about Dragon Ball Z a month after that April Fool's joke okay I was really like what flew over my head has
4: become clairvoyant.
0: yeah seriously like this is starting to get creepy he's a clairvoyant <laughs> like we're protecting things
2: <laughs> which means he has very high access in, in shield I have very high access in shield
0: I have level 8 clearance oh <laughs> Not level 10, because I'm not on Fury's level. Hail Hydra! <laughs> Anyways, um... It's a faithful podcast. does not support Hydra. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> uh, so, we should probably actually get to the news. Dragon Ball Z Cooler's Revenge, that's movie 5, if you're counting, uh, will air on May 24th, and this is not a joke. We swear to God, this is true.
4: Don't break our website. Don't break
0: our website. It's true. We swear. <laughs>
3: please don't break our website
0: <laughs> uh, on yeah. May 24th which is actually the same night as the Momocon panel so we'll be we'll be with the tsunami people
2: you kind of feel like they did this just so somebody can pop up their hand and Momocon is like well she play Dragon Ball Z we are playing
0: Dragon Ball Z pay attention
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's right go watch
0: it yeah <laughs> um it's airing at midnight uh and it's DBZ coolers revenge and uh, look, we've, we've had the Dragon Ball Z discussion here on this show a lot.
4: A lot. Hey, <laughs> <A lot. laughs> I already know idea. my thoughts
0: on that. And look, I'm not, look, I don't, I, I, I kind of said this to the effect on my Twitter where half the, uh, all the Dragon Ball Z fans are going, yes, Dragon Ball Z's back. This is the best thing ever. Uh, <laughs> well, not really technically back, but okay. <laughs> while, while all the anime fans are like, oh God, you know, this is a step backwards for Tsunami. And all the normal people were like, "Oh, it's cool. It's airing for one night. All right, I'll watch that." Yeah, it's nice to see Dragon Ball Z on TV. Let's all start leaning
2: towards that direction, please. I,
0: I like the direction of, "Oh, cool. That's happening. All right." That's a good direction. It's one night. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not. The show's not coming back. And look, if the show does come back, I think we're all on the. I think we're all pretty much on the record that if the show were to ever come back, we would like it to play way late into the night cuz yes. to take away a yes. time slot from something new is like
1: it's oh, ridiculous.
0: Post 3 a.m. please. Even later. <laughs> Give it the 5 a.m. hour. Yeah, I would love to have it in 5 a.m. hour. I think it's perfect for it.
4: Exactly. Somebody who can wake up and watch DBZ in the morning. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. If it's me. <laughs> it's already airing there?
2: sometime around that on <laughs> Like 290 weeks straight of watching that show once a week. Are you really going to do that?
0: Yeah, like and look we've already had the argument of well it's on DVD well now it's on Blu-ray well it's on Hulu literally the it's whole on thing. everything it's on everything you, like you can find it anywhere you can
4: find Dragon problem Ball Z is, on my ass
0: you can find it in your toaster
4: exactly Whoa. maybe
0: some
2: toast right. issues with giving the people exactly what they want
0: look i think uh, there's no problem with movies especially like the pre- like the previous 11 movies not counting um Is it 11 movies? Whatever. The previous whatever movies before Battle of Gods, which Battle of Gods is a full-length movie. All the other movies are basically an hour long because in Japan, they were double features with another Shonen Jump property. Uh, So that's why they're always like an hour long. Uh, Battle of Gods is like the first one where it's like, all right, we're actually going to go and be longer than an hour. I like to call them features instead of movies. Yeah. (laughs) So... You know, I don't mind having these. They're nice. They're really good at anim... Like, the movies of Dragon Ball Z... I call them movies because I'm lazy. Uh, sorry, Sketch. <laughs> uh, the movies of Dragon Ball Z typically have better animation the, than the show. So, yeah, this will be nice.
1: True.
2: <laughs> um, Yeah, and they started out in... Well, they're supposed to be presented in widescreen, unlike the show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which actually kind of begs the question if, like, they're going to use Dragon Ball Z's, like... Because I know the movie, I think, has come out on Blu-ray from Funimation. Or yeah, they've it put is. it into 16 by 9 It has. So, it has. Um, yeah, I don't know if we're gonna actually going to get that or if we're going to use the old Toonami tapes. Cause they... Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> this, this is the one time <laughs> it has I'm back. Be- that American rock music on it. Uh, it's, yeah. not,
2: it's not even the usual dub music. It's actual
0: bands. Yeah. Please I'm- don't. I'm really hoping that Funimation actually sends them a new tape. Please send them a new tape. I hope too now. I don't like, use the old tape. <laughs> don't use the old tapes for God's don't, sakes. Don't
1: we
3: beg you. That. We'll give you money. We'll
0: send you, money. No, come on. We'll, no, don't promise that. Don't do that. We don't have money. We don't. Have, we're asking for money right now. I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> yes, I know.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, but, are you
4: trying to eat into uh, stuff like that, Daniel? Yeah, I Ghost. hope. Go to the corner. <laughs> what I'm to to is there may be difficulty in getting the
2: Falconer score, which is what the majority of dude bros who like Dragon Ball Z actually want to hear. Well, so I don't think it'll be that difficult to get the
0: Falconer score. Why? Why do you say that? Royalties. It's on the DVDs.
2: DVDs is different than television
0: and Blu-rays, and it's and last time they played uh, Dragon Ball Z during April Fool's Day. Uh, yeah, they uh, did do that. They, they <coughs> played the and score. The, they own the uh, score. Uh, Funimation
2: owns that know, score. I there was some kind of
0: legality issue
2: that could prevent a future broadcast, and they don't stream it with that score anywhere.
0: Well, because they want you to buy the DVDs and Blu-rays. That's why.
4: <laughs> good, that's, a good, that's a good marketing plan, though. They also don't
0: stream the dub. They stream the dub. Uh, it? Not the whole thing. Well, not the whole thing. They stream- I don't think they
2: even stream the whole sub. They stream the whole sub. For sure? On Hulu. They
0: uh-huh. do. Yeah. On Hulu. But they
2: only had nope. most of it.
0: They have all of it. At Last I time. checked. All, all of it. All of it. I'm pretty sure it's all of it. In fact... Well, it's they, a bad they, they had this on Answer Man, actually, just this week. Um, And it's it's true. And I'm not... I'm not saying go to Answer Man. I, I actually knew this before. Um, But, like... Although, please read Answer Man, it's amazing. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to say there, but... Anyways, um, Funimation and a lot of Envis and all these companies, they typically do put their entire subtitled shows on Hulu Crunchyroll, like, for free, so you can just watch them. They put the dubs on services you have to pay for, like, typically you'll find dubs on iTunes or... Oops. Uh, iTunes or PlayStation or Xbox... Nah, bro, there's only 161 episodes subbed. Whatever. I'll put them back up, I'm
2: sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's never all there at the same time. But they do make it so if you started watching it, you'll probably eventually get to finish.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, look, the show's available everywhere. Uh, but the movies, I don't see those online very much, so I think this is a good trade-off. I think this is okay. Yeah. I think a movies is good. good the choice. Dragon Ball the movie. You know. although Cooler's Revenge. Uh, <laughs> not the first choice I would have picked. I'll be honest, yeah. not my yeah, first I, choice. I'll be honest with you, it,
4: it was okay, but you know, could have did something else. It's definitely not the worst. No, it's not the worst. No, the worst. no,
0: Bio Brawly is the worst. <laughs> oh God, that please movie's... don't air Bio Brawly. Okay, Fucking <laughs> movies, terrible.
2: Bio or Lord Slug.
4: Oh man, don't don't get me started on those. That's like the back end of Scrapple, dude. No, Bio is <laughs> still
2: worse than Lord Slug, Jesus. Well, yeah, Bio is the worst by far.
0: At least Bio, at least Lord Slug is pretty, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Dear God. <laughs> I don't know what the slug? fuck happened with Bio Brawley. It's so awful.
4: So awful. Somebody was sleeping on the job and Bio just Broly. did. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop right there because somebody
0: gonna cuss me out.
2: Who who even knows, man? But it was a terrible, terrible idea. It was
0: like let's run this one character into the ground <laughs> because
2: twice wasn't enough. Seriously, <laughs> twice. I had enough of Brawly. They the killed
0: time. him in the second one. Like it's over. And quite a an death, I might say. Like, look, I actually li- like like uh, a lot of people like to like fucking hate on Brawly as like the face of filler evil. I, I liked Brawley in the first. I think he's a great character. It's the other two movies that really ruined his reputation.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's
2: just no going back after some kid pees on your head. I mean, there's just no going back. It's just like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's over. It's
4: over. Go to shower. This is
2: why Krillin can't get no respect is Gohan on pissed on him in that one Dragon Ball Z movie. <laughs>
4: well, that and
0: he dies like every two minutes
4: man krillin ass gets on 24/7 man yeah. even on one piece <laughs> but in the end he
2: gets a hot wife so you know
4: yeah that does balance it out i guess he dies <sighs> in
2: gt but he gets spoiler alert it, it's not a spoiler Nobody i'm sorry it's been spoilers gt doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs>
0: GT is the face of filler. I'm sorry, probably not. GT is the face of filler. <laughs> to be fair, I actually don't hate GT. I don't think it's great, but it's not horrible either. It's just I wish it didn't exist. It's just there. It's just there. The endings. <laughs> nice. the, the endings great. okay. The endings good. Anyways, um, but yeah, GBZ Coolers Revenge. Cool. It's airing. All right. <laughs> uh, the only things that won't be on or. Are bleach and space dandy which one of them is a rerun and the other one is well i wouldn't be able to tell if it was a rerun <laughs> i know well, it's not but i would not be able to tell it's just kind of interesting to me i didn't catch bleach well i told everybody i didn't catch anything last yeah, night it, other than attack on Titan. so god knows what the hell it's, happened to me
2: it's very interesting Oh. Hour of Dragon Ball Z, followed by Naruto, Shippuden, in, and in One Piece. Now that's classic Toonami, if ever. I,
1: saw it. <laughs> I know, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it you know, the, it, it it's opening is Attack on Titan, so yeah. Let the fanboy fever commence. Mm-hmm. Seriously, we got like fanboys for the first. Also, holy crap! That is going to be the
2: first night that Toonami has eight
0: half hours of premieres. Uh, so, I guess. I mean, because because technically, well, wait, no, Cooler's Revenge has technically been on 2-9 before. So yeah, ben it's Kevin, been on before, but so it's, it's an Adult Swim premiere. Uh, <laughs> no, we can't get away with that. No. By the way, I guess now that Dragon Ball Z is on Adult Swim, it's an officially Adult Swim show. Like, they could probably never air it again on Cartoon Network. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Why Cartoon Network ever want to play? <laughs> anyway. <It's still> <laughs> look, I, I'm packs. just saying.
0: Look, that it, typically when we talk to the, the people at Toonami, when they bring one of these shows like Thundercats or Symbionic Titan or Star Wars: The Clone Wars, uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars being kind of the sole exception to this rule, when they bring them over from Cartoon Network, they are off limits from Cartoon Network now. Once they cross over into Adult Swim, that's it. And Dragon Ball Z is a really popular franchise. And I'm... Maybe they're not going to do this. Maybe this will be an exception like Star Wars The Clone Wars is. But to me, it seems kind of risky to put a very big franchise that appeals to a lot of children on an adult block. Yeah. And potentially close that door on Cartoon Network.
2: I'd be more concerned if Cartoon Network was playing any action cartoons. They just took off Ben 10 this most recent week. Ben well,
4: 10. New, that new show's been on Cartoon, Cartoon Network
2: since 2006. Can't wait till everyone stop. Can't wait till everyone blames Snyder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> already am like,
2: dude, guys, he's he's already gone. They're like, well, it's already his plan. They're just following through with it. Okay. He's not there. Stop blaming one man for all the problems of a television
0: network.
3: <laughs> he has a boss. <laughs> and that boss has another boss. <laughs> so,
0: uh... They're called shareholders. And there's yeah. a pity. <laughs> Anyways. They all have a say. Yeah. Uh, really Anyways. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, that brings us pretty much to the first installment of our Ghost in the Shell month. Uh, we have a really exciting interview with Richard Epcar. I think you guys are really going to like it. It's a big difference from last week. It's different from last week's where we don't have seven people on the call. We just have two.
3: Yay.
0: Nice and intimate. Oh, I know what it means now. <laughs> <sighs>
1: Crystal Memo. by a voice in the moonlight. Nothing lasts, you said, but everything still holds meaning in my heart. Hidden deep in my mind, revived to the time.
0: Hello, everyone. Starting off Ghost in the Shell month, we have returning champion Richard Epgar, the voice of Bato, joining us on the show. Hello. (laughs) I'm assuming that was my cue to say hello, so I I jumped right in there. Yeah, go for it. We can edit it, make it sound good, or I'll just leave this together. I'm not sure. I might be lazy. (laughs) Uh, How's it been? It's been 60 episodes since we last had you on here. I actually went back to count. Wow.
5: should have had me on sooner.
0: I know. I know. Um, but we thought we thought we'd save it because it is the twenty fifth anniversary of Ghost in the Shell. The manga came out this month, twenty five years ago, and actually tomorrow is my birthday, so I'm as old as Ghost
5: in the Shell. Well happy birthday. Thank you. Is that you're you're only twenty five?
0: I'm only twenty five, I know. You just saw me on camera
5: and you're like, ooh. You're like a you're like a hip squeak for God's sakes. Uh,
0: anyways uh but thank you for (laughs) thank you for taking the time out of your busy
5: schedule and uh calling you a pipsqueak
0: and call well to be fair everybody's a pipsqueak to you you're like six thousand feet tall
5: i actually i actually didn't mean it in stature i meant it in age that you're just you're still a young man very young man that's what i meant to say it came out wrong but uh you're still very young and uh my god 25 that's uh yeah that's a while back for me i'll tell you
0: and next year will be just to make you feel, just to, just to put a cap on the time here, it'll be 20 years on the first Ghost in the Shell movie next year. Wow. And it's officially been 10 years since Innocence as well, so. It's a good thing I was
5: only 12 years old at the time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and also really <clears throat> tall at the same time.
5: Yes, well, I was born tall, so.
0: Yep. Uh, but before we get into the Ghost in the Shell awesomeness, uh, we do want to ask a couple things that we didn't ask you last time. Sure. Um. So the first thing I want to know about, which because we didn't ask last time, uh, what was it like to work on Macross Plus? You got to work with uh, Brian Cranston, which was really cool.
5: Well, you know, Brian and I have known each other for a million years, and and Ellen, we all know each other. We've all uh, we all started out doing actor showcases together. We we were we were good friends, so uh, we still are. I mean, we we bump into to Brian occasionally at the uh, the Television Academy and he's he is a lovely wonderful guy he is uh, couldn't be nicer exceedingly talented guy he always runs up to us and gives us a big hug and he's just he's just a great guy and i'm so happy for all of his success and uh, he's just he was great and it was you know it was fun to have uh you know to have this uh this animated feature that we worked on together so that was kind of cool uh but yeah he is uh, he's terrific and i think the world of him and i'm i'm so happy for all of his uh, All the things he's doing these days
0: all right let's stop talking about him but um what what was it also like to work on macross plus though like uh when you when you approached the show did you know that you had kind of already worked on macross at that point because you, you were on the original robotech
5: um you know it's you know to be honest with you i've done you know you have to remember i've done like 400 characters right and so, a lot of times, we go into the 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 booth, and we don't necessarily know the correlation. It would be nice if someone would actually kind of tell us what was going on <laughs> when we go in there, but that doesn't always happen. And uh, you know, uh, I think sometimes they just either assume that we that we know what's going on, or they they don't bother telling us. And you know, I mean, there's a lot of these shows that were connected. I mean, I don't know if I told you my Robotech story when you know uh when i came back to audition for the robotech movie i came back to audition for captain vince grant and after the end of the audition the uh casting director said to me she said wow that was great that was even better than when you did it before and i said i did it before and she said yeah you did it in the sentinels i said i did she said yeah so i completely forgot about that and then with uh with robotech uh they had called me uh 10 years after Robotech was on for the 10th year anniversary, they had a uh, Robotech convention. I believe that was the first convention I ever attended in Anaheim, California. And uh, I said, Was I in that show? And they said, Yeah, you played three of the leads. You were Ben Dixon, Lunk, and Grell. I said, I did. They said, Yeah. (laughs) I said, Well, send me the tapes so they did they sent me some of the tapes and when i saw it i remembered what it was they said oh yeah that show <laughs> you know i mean because you know we're just we go from show to show and we go in we read the scripts we don't always get to see you know the the whole show or read the plots and you know it's it's i had to kind of learn some of this stuff because you know you go to conventions and the fans are so into these shows and they want to know what's going on with the stuff and you know oftentimes we just don't really know unless i'm directing a show then i know what's going on with the show cuz i'm in it from the beginning to the end but if I'm doing a character in a show, I don't always know what the plot points are. I don't know. I always know who the other characters are. I you know, I go in and I do my bit and then I leave, you know, and hopefully I get a check. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I, I I've been on the receiving end of that where it's like I, I don't remember what I worked on. <laughs> you have to like I, look back sometimes and remember like, oh, yeah, I did that. you know when what like do you ever I, I have, I've, I'm new in this industry mm. I, I'm not an actor, but I, I do a lot of production work. And I've had the experience so many times where it's like I see a commercial on TV that I did and be like, oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Have you ever Have – I'm sure you've had that happen to you.
5: Yeah, it does happen sometimes. And, you know, the, getting back to that uh, Robotech thing again, you know, uh, I went to that. And first of all, it was crazy because they treated us like we were the Beatles, which was unbelievable. And then they would uh, – you know, we – Somebody asked me when I was on stage. What, what's some of the other stuff you, you've been in and at the time because I hadn't really done the Convention circuit, so I really didn't really uh, know what was expected of me So I didn't know a lot of this stuff, and I didn't know a lot of the you know I didn't remember a lot of now. I write everything down so I have it but back then I didn't and uh, you know I just didn't really remember a lot of it and then somebody in the back of the room stood up and started reciting like every show I was in what character I did and I was like that kind of blew me away I'm going wow that guy he's either a stalker or he's got way too much time on his hands so I thought that was I thought that was pretty amazing and impressive and uh, you know so I mean I got that the uh, you know the people that go to the conventions really want to uh, to get involved with you on these on these shows and things that you're involved with so I I started to do a lot more research and get a little you know try to remember a lot of this stuff so when i go to these things i don't just say i don't know or i don't remember because nobody wants to hear that as a response you know
0: um now let's actually turn a little bit to loop on the third you've played pretty much every single character but in in the most recent one fujiko mine uh you played zenigata for the first time yes and what was it like to approach yet another character in the loop in the loop on the third legacy
5: well, that, that's another example of, of what I didn't remember, because I, I had done uh, uh, Goyamon in Castle Caliostra for Carl Masek's company a long time ago, Streamline. And, uh, and you know, I went in and did it, and I guess I forgot about it. And then, uh, years later, they came to me to direct uh, the Loop on the Third series, and uh, we had cast pretty much everybody except for Jigen, and we could not find a Jigen. We had like 200 guys in. They were not happy with any of the jigans. And finally, they said to me, Richard, why don't you go in and read it? And I did, and they loved it. And I was really glad they did, because he's turned out to be one of my favorite characters that I've ever done. And uh, it, it turned out to be a lot of fun. So I did that, and I directed a lot of the games and a lot a lot more of the movies. And I think we were going to do, I mean, we started to do a whole other series when uh, on went belly up, unfortunately, and we had to stop. But uh, we, we did uh, over a hundred episodes of uh, Lupin the Third, and and then you know it, it all kind of went away. And we all loved Lupin; we were big fans of the show as well. And so when this thing came up, I thought, "Wow, it'd be great if we could get the old team together." And then Funimation swooped it up, and uh, which I thought was very nice of them. They wanted to include me on some level. Well, Chris Sabat, who does uh, Jigen in the uh, Greencoat series we did the red coat series they did the green coat series and of course he wanted to play his character and i can't blame him um, but he said to me i really want you to be involved in this would you consider playing inspector zenegata now zenegata in our version of it was like the zany crazy nutball character and i said that to him and i said is that what you want and he said no we we actually want you to because he's zenegata in this this series is kind of uh is kind of uh, mean. He's rough. He's a little crude. He's 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 uh, you know he has sex with Fujiko, which that got me excited right there. <laughs> and, and so I thought, wow, this is kind of interesting. You know, it was a kind of a different slant on the character. It was kind of a reboot, and they kind of made the character a lot more real and a lot more uh, you know gritty. And I thought, well, that might be fun to do that. So. You know, so so far I played uh, Jigen and Guayman and Zenigata. And now all I have to play is Lupin and Fujiko, and I'll have done the entire cast.
0: Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen one of these days. Just going to end <laughs> up somehow. I'm working on my Fujiko actually. <laughs> um, and uh, the other thing I wanted to ask about, because Kickart did come out on Toonami, and people uh-huh. loved it and saw it. Uh, but they saw the professional dub. What they maybe didn't see on the Blu-ray is the fan dub, which I actually saw, and it's it's nice. It's very good. I, I was wondering because you directed that dub, if I'm not mistaken, the fan I, version I, or both.
5: I did. They they, you know, it was a uh, it was an interesting project to say the least. We uh, we had to do everything in one day, so it was a uh, it was a lot to do in one day, and uh, and we had, of course, we had the. Uh, the artist, uh, uh, director, writer there. And we had, uh, the producers there and we had all these other people there and it was just, it was a very difficult day. But, uh, you know, we, we sailed through it pretty quickly with the professionals and we went in with the fan dub and, uh, and I have to say these guys, you know, they were, they were really watching us and they really knew where a lot of the beats came and they, you know, they really were, uh, emulating, uh, you know, the, uh, the way we were doing it, and I just thought, wow, these guys really—they were really, really uh, cued into uh, what what was happening. And I thought, you know, for people that really weren't professional voice people, they they went in and did a great job. So uh, it was a uh, it was uh, interesting working with them, and uh, you know, they they really, you know, gave it their all. And I thought they did a nice job, and uh, you know, and it all worked out pretty well. I think.
0: righty and um, now what was? The other thing we got to ask about, I believe you directed Injustice for Warner Brothers. Uh, if I'm not mistaken.
5: Uh, I, no, I, I, didn't, I did not in, uh, direct Injustice. I played the Joker in Injustice. Uh, I did the voice of the Joker in that, and that won a fighting game of the year. Uh, I, did, I did co-direct uh, Arkham Origins. There we go. I knew you
0: Brothers. directed something for Warner Brothers. I was trying to remember what it was.
5: Yeah, I directed that, and I played three characters in it. I did not do the Joker in that because... Uh, the Arkham Origins uh, game was a reboot, and they were uh, starting at the beginning when Batman and the Joker were in their 20s, and they wanted uh, uh, two younger guys to do uh, Batman. They didn't have Kevin uh, Conroy do him. They didn't have me do the Joker. They had uh, uh, Roger Craig Smith and uh, Troy Baker uh, do those characters, and I think they did a great job. And uh, you know, and so, I, but at least I got to be involved in it, and I got to direct uh, that that game, which was an amazing game. I believe it's the largest game Warner Brothers has ever done. And uh, it's it's a pretty cool-looking game, too, if you've ever seen it or played it.
0: Uh, I, I've, I've played it, yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask, though, because you went to, if I remember correctly, you guys went to the Warner Brothers lot to record yeah. that all the dialogue for the game. W- what's it like to That's go true. onto a um, studio lot versus some of the maybe smaller ADR studios, what did you notice? Well,
5: uh, it it wasn't weird for me because, you know, I'm an actor and I've, I've worked on that lot many, many, many times doing show TV shows, movies. In fact, we filmed a a film there called memoirs of an invisible man that I played uh, agent Tyler in and it was with uh, Sam Neill and Daryl Hannah and Chevy chase. And we filmed, uh, uh, several weeks right there on the lot. So I was—I uh, had been on that lot many, many, many times, doing uh, uh, on camera, doing voice work. I did a lot. I've done a lot of uh, loop group stuff there. So uh, it was pretty cool. I'll tell you, the coolest thing for me was to direct in their in ADR one, which is their main television film ADR room, and it's just an its a gorgeous facility, and the, you know, it's all state of the art, and it's just great. And uh, working with you know just Incredible people incredibly talented people and uh, you know it working on the lot it just uh, to do a Batman game on the lot that does Batman uh, Was pretty damn cool. I have to say
0: Did you did you notice some of the what, what's it like to, I guess to direct on a on a Warner Brothers ADR room versus say say your own Epcar entertainment. Is it more uptight? Is it looser? Like how is it? How is it like?
5: Um, no, we ha- you know when I'm directing, we always have fun. It doesn't matter where we are. You know, we always have we always have a lot of laughs and we always enjoy ourselves. And and that's not just because I like to have fun, which I do, but that's because that's my style of directing. And my style of directing is to make the actor as comfortable as possible and to have fun, so that they're going to give you the best performance they can do and be comfortable and feel relaxed enough to you know jump in and do what they do. There's there's directors that yell at actors and all that does is tighten up your actor and they're not going to give you a very good performance. So I, I, uh, my style of directing is just to, you know, have a lot of fun and, you know, we discuss stuff and get into the context of what's going on in the moment. And, uh, but the important thing is to, to, you know, really get into these characters and have fun and enjoy it. And, uh, you know, and that's what, that's what we do when we get in there. And, uh, we have, a, we had a great time there. We have a great time wherever we work. There's some, there's some wonderful independent studios that I've, I've directed in and voiced in and then there's some great ones and you know I've 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 had a pretty storied and buried career where I've been in uh, pretty much every single studio and <laughs> and every major uh, studio there is in in uh, Los Angeles so uh it doesn't really phase me one way or the other to tell you the truth where we're recording
1: alright
0: um, now we're gonna get into the ghost in the shell stuff this will be fun uh, let's start with all the way back in the first movie. What was it like to audition for Bateau? What was that audition process like?
5: Well, you know, it, when I first started out, you know, I have this, I have this voice, and they, they, and I'm a big guy, so they always think of me for the big, you know. Burly, tough characters, and I got to do a lot of those kinds of characters, and and I enjoy doing those kinds of characters. and And Bato was just, you know, he was he had some cybernetics to him, but he was basically a tough cop, a, a tough, fair cop. He had a, a nice, wry sense of humor to him, but which I have too. But he uh, he uh, essentially was this, you know, this tough cop. So he we went in and did it, and I just I absolutely loved the movie. I thought, wow, this is something really interesting and unique and different and because it wasn't just a cop shoot him up there was all these different uh psychological levels to it and uh you know that that to me made it a cut above that it wasn't just you know a, a, a chase uh movie or you know a shoot him up like we would you know probably have in a lot of uh, these action movies there was all this psychological stuff going on these different levels and uh all of this uh concern about the morality of the use of technology in the future and all that sort of thing and which were which we're coming upon very rapidly our, our use of technology is growing exponentially and it's growing faster than we're I think able to cope with it at some times and uh, I think the, the it asks a lot of a lot of interesting questions that, that our animation doesn't even touch upon so to, to the me that was really fascinating Now, I loved doing it, and that turned out to be the biggest selling video of the year, the year it came out.
0: Right. That was back in... That was Billboard's number one video in 1996, I believe. Yeah. It was in
5: 1996. It was number one, and uh, that kind of blew me away. So uh, a few years later, they called me up and they said, hey, we have this series, Ghost in the Shell. Remember you did the movie? I said, yeah. And I thought, oh, great. They're going to bring me in, and I'm going to do the series. They said, yeah, we'd like you to come in and audition for the series. And I thought, what? You want me to audition for the series? They said, Yeah. I said, Okay. And I'm you know, I'm thinking, what the hell? I was I did the movie. You want me to audition for the series? Well, apparently they had everybody audition and they only kept two of us. They only kept uh, William Knight, who did Aramaki, right? And they only kept me and everybody else they replaced. So uh I was very, very happy that I got to uh stick with the show because I loved the show and the series was just wonderful and uh got to do a lot of uh a lot of different stuff with hit with this character, and uh, do do different games, and then you know eventually went on to direct, and write, and do Bato in uh, Innocence, uh, Ghost in the Shell Two. Uh, so yeah, it's it's turned out to be an amazing, <laughs> an amazing character for me, Bato.
0: Now going into standalone complex, you're coming off the movie um, and, and the previous video game with uh, Mimi Woods and Christopher Joyce and the rest of the cast uh what's it what's it like being you know kind of the veteran along with William Knight in in the booth with standalone complex I mean Kevin Seymour who who directed the first movie and directed the series mm-hmm. is is also returning and I, I know you don't see a lot of the actors um in the booth if ever but you know was there a sense did you ever hear from like maybe Crispin or or Mary trying to ask you questions about the show or anything like that
5: no, they, they, you know, they jumped in seamlessly. They did, uh, they did an amazing job. And I, I think that, uh, I think the uh, standalone complex cast was, was right on. I, I think they were a great cast and, uh, uh, you know, I was, I was just really happy to be part of it. I think, uh, you know, once I auditioned with everybody, I think they realized that I sounded a lot like the guy in the movie. So they hired me to do it, uh, do the series. But, uh, but it all worked out, and I was really, really happy to be part of it. It was a very, very, very cool, uh, cool uh, character to be part of.
0: Now, the the Bato in the movies and standalone complex are completely different characters, basically, or or are technically are different characters. Uh, well, but which, which? Sorry, go ahead.
5: Well, uh, they're not different characters. I mean, he's the same guy. He's just going through different things. Like, for example, in an Innocence, he's a lot more introspective, and he's not quite as much of a man of action as he is in the other, you know, standalone complex where he just jumps in and does stuff because the major's gone and he's, he's basically having to take over her position. And, and then Toga is becoming, you know, the boss and he's, you know, he's trying to, you know, the whole thing is just, it's a little different thing. He's, he's a lot more introverted. It was, it was very difficult, uh, quite frankly, that, that, that uh, uh, innocence to, to do because of the, the change in his character. But he is essentially the same guy. I mean, listen, we all go through uh, uh, different stuff in our lives and, you know, in our, our personal lives and, our you know, we, we go through different things. We have different moods and we're not always the same. So it's the same thing with characters, you know, and the, the, you're, you're essentially the same person, but you're just going through different experiences and and reacting differently.
0: But with, um, you know, Oshii's take on Bato and, and Kenji Kamiyama, the director of Standalone Alone Complex's take on Bato, they're both very different. Um, yeah, that's true. And uh, I'm, I'm just wondering from from an actor's perspective, uh, wh- which one did you happen to I guess relate more to or or you know maybe like better? I don't know if you could pick between the two, but you know which one did you did you gravitate more towards?
5: Well, I like the uh, I like the first movie uh, the best, to be honest with you the i the series I liked, I thought he get he got a little goofy at times for me. And, uh, and I, and I felt like they really wanted to play up that goofiness and, uh, I didn't really see him being all that goofy, you know, I, I, I saw him as being a kind of a tough, no nonsense cop. And that's, you know, that was one of the nice things for me, you know, and I, uh, uh, listen, I love, I love Kevin. He was great. And he was the one that got me into the, into this show. Uh, but, uh, you know, we didn't always agree on, uh, on everything when it came to uh... the way he directed me to do this character now kevin uh... was i think his whole thing was he wanted to be as true to the original as possible and and that's fine and there's there's that school of thought and then there yeah, there's another school of thought that well, we're doing it in english let's make it you know more uh... user friendly to the audience that's going to be seeing it in english and that's kind of where i was coming from with this stuff so um, I, when I did my version of it in the innocence, I, I gave him a little bit of a sense of humor, not a goofy sense of humor, but a real dry sense of humor that I, that a cop that had seen a lot of crap would have just to stay, you know, sane in this kind of a world. And, uh, you know, and I, I thought it worked really well and it, it was a very, it was a tough challenge for me to do. Innocence because it's all in parables and it's all in uh, sayings and it's so to try to make that sound like natural dialogue was really a challenge without changing it. And, uh, you know, that was that was very tough. That was a very, very tough thing to do. But I I think it came out pretty well when all was said and done. And then later on, they they went and uh, they had uh, the uh, the uh, Bondi guys uh, do a version they just decided they wanted to have a North American version after we had already done the UK version, <laughs> and uh, and they even even the manga UK said, "Why don't you just use Epcar's tracks?" And they said, "No, we want to do our own thing." So they had the uh, the the Gets group get back together, and uh, uh, Mary uh, Claypool wrote the script, and we redid it again. And they had me back come back as a Bato, and I did the same movie with a little different script and. Uh, it was, uh, it was bizarre, but I, I'm going, well, I'm still playing Bato, so I enjoy it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now you, you, we've brought up directing. Uh, you're obviously done a lot of directing. Uh, yeah. but when did you first learn to direct as I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you, you first started acting and when did you get into directing and, and what do you like about it?
5: Um, well, you know, I got into, uh, directing a lot of the stuff, uh, Pretty much the way I got into doing voice work, which was basically uh, Ellen was uh, my wife, Ellen Stern, who was my girlfriend at the time, had done this movie, and they had done another film, and they didn't like the actors, and then they wanted to replace the uh, dialogue in the movie, and she said to them, "Can I bring my boyfriend to the audition?" They said, "Yeah." And I went in there, and the guy said, "Have you done this before?" And I said, "Sure, I've done it a million times, and I've never done it before in my life." And I went in there, and I was, you know, I'm also a drummer. And there's a lot of rhythm to dubbing, so I used my uh, my drumming and my acting together, and I and I nailed it, and I got into the rhythm of it, and it, to to me it made a lot of sense, and I took to it to like a duck to water, and uh, that's how I started doing the voice work, and they started hiring me for a bunch of stuff, and from that I got Robotech. Well, with the directing, I was doing a lot of voice work, and then. The studio approached me and they had this one project that nobody wanted to touch. It was a, an animated feature from Hungary called Captain Schnauzer. It's a, it's a beautiful cartoon. And it looks like, I mean, it looked like Disney at the time. It was really beautiful. But it was all about the economic situation in Hungary and nobody wanted to touch. It was very talky and very long. And they said, uh, you know, would you consider writing and directing this? I said, sure. And they said, have you done this before? I said, oh, I've done it a million times. I've never done it before. But the thing is, I had directed plays, and I had directed actors. So it wasn't that big of a stretch to me as far as I was concerned. And I'd done a lot of voice work, so I knew how the uh, adaptation thing worked, and uh, I knew what I wanted. And, I, you know, it just it was a really good fit for me, and it worked out really well. And from that, I got a bunch of other... Uh, jobs, I got a series called uh, Swiss Family Robinson for the uh, family network and uh, a family channel. I mean, and uh, that was like s- uh, just a bazillion episodes and, you know, you know, after doing this stuff for a long period of time, you just re- become really good at it. So I just, uh, I kept getting projects and they kept saying, yeah, we want that guy who did that. And, and then I started doing Academy Award winning films like Cinema Paradiso and, uh, you know, Fencing Master and uh, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman and all these other movies, uh, Bella Pac. And uh, started doing those and I got a reputation for doing that. And people started bringing me their live action movies. And so I've been doing this a long, long time. And then from that, I became a uh, supervisor for DreamWorks and Universal Pictures. And they flew me all over the world. And I supervised our films into other languages and went everywhere. But it's, it's, been, it's been pretty nutty. You know, and one, getting back to uh, Ghost in the Shell, real quickly. I just wanted to to add this to uh, people that may not know this, but you know, a lot of people ask me how I how I got the part of Ansem in Kingdom Hearts, and Billy Zane did the original uh, Kingdom Hearts. He did the first one, and then after that, uh, we're not sure if the uh, if Disney didn't want him, or if uh, he wasn't available, or he didn't want to do it, or wanted too much money, or we're not really sure what happened. Uh, but what happened was uh, they wanted to replace him in the second one, and the Japanese clients, uh, who the producers in Japan, uh, said to the Disney people, "Who does the voice of Bateau in America?" Because the guy who does the voice of Bateau in Japan does the voice of Ansem in Kingdom Hearts. So they said Richard Epcar. So they cast me sight unseen and just put me into it, uh, into this thing, and. Uh, I mean that was i can count that on my, on one hand how many times i've been you know cast in a in a part without having to audition so that was really a, a nice a nice uh, benefit from being in ghost in the shell
0: now um when you when you started doing innocence uh for manga u k did you mm-hmm. i mean obviously at this point you've worked with kevin uh he's directed you through i like i think three adaptations of ghost in the shell at this point did you yeah. Did you pull elements from his style, or did you want to just do this in your
5: own way? um well, you know as i said i I never really felt like I got to play bateau the way, way I wanted to play bateau, so that was a little frustrating for me uh so I actually got the chance to do it. you know it's kind of a long story how this whole thing came about, but uh you know it's uh it's a miracle that it all came together and that it actually happened and i uh I I would have been happy, you know, doing writing it or directing it or doing Bateau in it. And I I wound up doing all three. So it it turned out to be a good thing. Uh, They had uh, Kevin's company and uh, the, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, I'm trying to, uh, Zero Limit, I believe, was a company in town that that did it. Uh, They had bid on doing. Uh, innocence and for some reason uh, they didn't I guess their bid was too high or something and they didn't want to do it so what happened was it was kind of a fluke because I mean I was not going to try to go around them and steal the job from them I would never do that I think that's really bad form for anyone to do that sort of thing but what happened was uh, I was in I was in London appearing at uh, London Comic Con and I was approached by Mama uh, by Manga UK and they they basically came up to me and they said, hey, you uh, you have your own dubbing company, don't you? I said, yeah, I do. It's called Epcar Entertainment. And they said, well, we would like you to bid on Innocence because we want to have an English version. Because what happened was DreamWorks owned the rights and uh, they released it with the subtitles. And they never released a dubbed version of it because I don't think they really knew what to do with it. And it was unfortunate that they had it. And they still uh, have it <laughs> yeah, they, they still have it it's unfortunate because they just really don't know what to do with it and uh, I was trying to get a hold of them because I as I mentioned earlier I was a uh, I was a supervisor for them and I thought that would give me some uh, clout with them but I couldn't get through to talk to anybody and uh, they just you know they basically I heard that the guy who had purchased this I mean they wanted to do like a uh, far and away thing you know like they like Disney did and it didn't really work out that way. And I was afraid they were going to cock it all up and have Johnny Depp do the voice of Bateau and, you know, that sort of thing. So um, they they basically didn't know what the hell to do with it. And they released it with the subtitles. And the subtitles were terrible because they weren't really w- well done. And they were basically describing the action as well as, uh, you know, the subtitles, which made it even more convoluted than it already is. And it's pretty convoluted to begin with. So uh, I was just very happy that... Uh, I was able to, that they approached me and asked me if I could do it, and I said yes, and it worked out well, and we got a good dub of it, and, and then, uh, like I said, uh, several years later, they came back to, uh, to uh, you know, Bondi here, came back and wanted to do a, a North American version of it, and so we did it again uh, with the Gitz group, you know, and I, I actually used the same, pretty much the same cast for the, for the principals, and then they, they had different actors for the, the little characters. Right.
0: Um, Now, the other thing that I guess we don't, I don't hear too much talk about on the Ghost in the Shell, you know, circuit is the Ghost in the Shell PlayStation 1 game. When you came back for that with the original cast from Ghost in the Shell, the movie, uh, what what was that like? Because it was very, you know, the style of that was very different. How did you approach Bato?
5: You know, I I pretty much uh, approached him the way I've always approached him is just a a tough, no nonsense cop. You know, just and basically, you know, it is what it is. Whatever whatever situation he's in, that's pretty much the way it is. Um, That was a while ago that game, and I'm trying to even remember what that game was like. To tell you the truth, I I don't remember it hardly. Um, I I think they kind of missed the boat on some of this stuff because I think Ghost in the Shell is such a great show, and to me it would be so conducive to a game like Batman. I mean, you know, Batman's such a great character, but you could have, you know, the Major and Bateau in these games, and it could be very similar kind of a thing. You know, you could choose the different uh, characters you would want to play the game and, you know, go through these different uh, levels and things. I think it would be very – it would behoove somebody to come up with a game like that because I think it would be, uh, uh, you know, terrific, uh, you know, especially with all these different uh, superhero games they're coming up with now. Um I think it would be great, but I, you know, the I don't remember the game that much. To be honest with you, I know every every once in a while we would do some series, and there would be some games attached, and we do some of the games. You know, the thing in in Japan is very different the uh, business model than it is here in America. Like for example, in America, if Warner Brothers owns Batman, they own it for everything. They own it for television, for film, for whatever Batman's involved in. It's owned by Warner Brothers. In uh, Japan. One company may own a character in, in on a TV series. One one company may own that character in the movies. One company may own that character to do the the manga, or the comic books, or the you know the print work, or the the games. So you have separate companies that own these characters for different things. And oftentimes, like for example, we did uh, uh, the dragon movie. I'm dragon game. I'm trying to remember blue blue dragon. We directed Blue Dragon, uh, and they came there another company owned the rights for that for a series. And they came in and did the series with a completely different cast, even different names on some of the characters that were the same characters.
0: Oh yeah, I remember this.
5: <laughs> and I just and I don't understand that. I to me it makes me a little nuts because I would think even if you're a different company, you would kind of want the continuity of the same characters but they 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 approach it a little differently than we do and uh you know so that's kind of what happens sometimes with some of that stuff
0: i want to say that was one of the ones they did the games in la and then they took the took the show to canada i might be wrong on that one but i know that similar situation actually happened to ghost in the shell where they took two of the compilation movies to canada instead of having you guys come back
5: well, yeah, I was very upset about that because I told them, you know, I said, My, whatever you're, whatever, I said, why are you doing it, first of all? And they said, well, for money, it's cheaper. I said, I said, I'll tell you what, I will match whatever price they're giving you and we'll do it here. And they still wouldn't do it. And that really pissed me off. And a lot of the fans did not like the uh, those versions. And and apparently they were, like, trying to sound like us, which I think is kind of ridiculous. It's like, why don't you just have the people that do, the voices do you know, why are you trying to have somebody sound like somebody? First of all, to me, as a director, that's the worst thing in the world for somebody to say to you, I want you to sound like so-and-so doing this character. You know, no, you don't want to do that. You want to be doing the character. You don't want to be like, for example, I'm not, I'm not trying to be Mark Hamill doing the Joker. I'm doing the Joker. You know what I mean? Right. And I would never try to be another actor trying to be a character. That doesn't make any sense at all. You know you have to make that character your own otherwise it's not organic and it just doesn't really I don't think it plays it doesn't work so now yeah, that, um, sorry that was a, no that was just a weird it was a weird deal yeah that was it's not a good and, <laughs> uh, there was a was a, a thing I was on Xenosaga that I did the games on and I played Ziggurat 8 on that and I love that and I really wanted to be part of that and then they they got the series in Texas again and they recast everybody and, and it was the same deal, you know, and I was, uh, I was sad about that cause I would have loved to have done that character in the series, but it didn't, it didn't pan out. unfortunately.
0: Now, um, I, I, maybe this is a question you can answer. Maybe it's not, but, uh, Bondi and manga both had in hand in the, in the franchise. I mean, manga owns a lot of rights to it. And so does Bondi. Um, what was it like to work with those two companies on this show? Like, you know, you have manga on one side and you have Banda and the other was, did you notice anything like about their, uh, their management techniques that, that was different or conflicted or whatever?
5: No, I really didn't. I mean, I didn't have much to do with them, to be honest with you. Uh, I am uh uh, you know, honestly, I was unhappy with Bondi because they took the show to Canada, and uh, I thought that was kind of a slap in the face to us, and uh, I didn't appreciate it, so I wasn't happy about that, but uh, um, I mean, I, I didn't really have much interface with them as a company or with, uh, with Manga. I mean, I've I, I worked with Manga UK, I know them better, and I work with their people in London. And they're terrific, and I I like them very very much. You know, I have nothing but nice things to say about them, uh, and they are uh, very supportive of the show, and and they're big fans of the show. So you know that was really kind of a nice thing. I you know I'm not not saying that Bondi wasn't uh, wasn't fans of the show, but uh, I just I thought that last thing, and I realized they were having, you know, money issues. But like I said, I was I was offering to do it at the same price, so it's kind of a you know a moot point as far as that goes. you know uh and i was i was very disappointed in them for doing that uh you know there's just you know it, the problem with a, a lot of this, this stuff in this business there's just no loyalty and people just don't care and you know I, I understand it's a business and it's about making money and that's fine but uh at some point you know you have to be supportive of your product and i think and uh and i think the fans appreciate it i think the fans probably would have bought more of those those shows, those compilation shows, had they had the actual uh, voice actors in them? I, and I, you know, I, you know, I go to a lot of conventions and I hear that a lot of times from the uh, from the people in the at the conventions that they're just not not very good. And it was disappointing. They thought it was going to be Mary and I and William Knight, and it wasn't. You know, <laughs> so uh, I can see how that's uh, it can be disappointing.
0: Now, um, we're going to get into Kevin Seymour here uh, a little bit more in depth. Um, when did you actually first meet Kevin?
5: Um, that's a good question. I think I did, uh, I think I did a few shows for him before uh, Ghost in the Shell actually happened. I did some, uh, Kevin's kind of responsible for bringing a lot of the, the, uh, 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 anime to America. He's, he's the, you know, he was, he lived in Japan for a long time, he got to know these guys. And he got. To, I guess he was good friends with Ochi, and uh, they uh, they communicated, you know, together. And uh, so he was he was because of him and his his uh, connection. Uh, he they trusted him to dub a lot of the stuff. So and plus, you know, he he spoke uh, fluent Japanese and he understood the nuances, and so he he brought a lot of this stuff here and got a lot of this stuff going. And uh, I know Ghost in the Shell was very near and dear to his heart. Um, but I had done a, I'd done a few shows for him before that. And then they he cast me in, you know, he'd always cast me in the, as the big guy. You know, it was like he, we did uh, uh, Matt Cross Plus. It was, you know, Gold Bowman uh, was the same kind of character, a big, you know, big guy. And uh, so he cast me in those, those parts all the time. And uh, he was great. No, Kevin was great. And uh, he was a good guy. And uh, I was very very saddened by his uh his uh his death recently
0: now um what was what was his directing style like in the booth
5: well you know i don't believe kevin had had a background like i had in acting and directing i think he was coming from it from a little different place uh but you know he was good i mean he knew what he wanted and uh, he was very very particular about the way a certain line should be delivered and um, there wasn't a lot of, uh, joking when you were working with Kevin, he was very serious for the most part. And, uh, if clients were in the booth, he was, you could, you could sense that he was stressed, you know, that he was, you know, a little uptight about that. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when I do my sessions, I always, ha- we always laugh, we always have a lot of fun. And, uh, and with Kevin, it was a very different, uh, setting to be honest with you. It was very, uh, it was a very kind of a tense set a little bit at times so but you know listen i, I always enjoyed working with him he was a good guy and uh, you just knew with kevin you'd go in and you'd do the stuff and and that was it you weren't you weren't there to screw around you weren't there to you know have fun or do whatever you just were in to go in do your thing and get out
0: now uh what well, did you meet with him outside of the booth what was he like you know just out and about
5: well, we shared a love of James Bond, you know, he and I had that in common, we we really are, he and I together were big, huge Bond fans, so we were always uh, talking about Bond and that sort of thing, and uh, and we both liked, uh, you know, uh, spy, you know, stories and things like that, so we would, you know, we were always talking about that, uh, and things we grew up, uh, uh, you know, like Man From U.N.C.L.E. and that sort of thing that we grew up together uh, watching. and we talk about that sort of stuff uh... he was really into that and you know he uh... he made this compilation uh... uh... cd for his friends and he gave me one of these things and uh... It basically was a bunch of uh, uh... songs from different uh... spy shows it was kind of fun and uh... you know he was he was good he was not uh... he was not overly uh... social to be honest with you he was not uh... uh uh, you know, he wasn't, he, he was a little shy, I think, uh, socially and, uh, he, you know, he, I always, I didn't have a problem, uh, with him at all ever, you know, seeing him. I know a lot of people said, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't really talk to me or whatever, but I just think he was, uh, he wasn't, uh, uh, I think he was kind of really an introspective kind of guy. He was very, very bright and, uh, and, uh, you know, he, he just, I think he, he analyzed things a lot, you know, and he was very, uh uh internal about things so uh but you know he was he was like i say when I saw him he he was always uh, warm and nice and i I never had any problems with him we we worked well together, he cast me in a lot of stuff, and uh I have him to thank for making me bateau, so I'm very grateful for that um but uh yeah it uh you know you you come across a lot of people in this business and uh you know uh some of them don't uh don't last as long as you do unfortunately and you know and that's kind of the nature of the beast i guess
0: well um I, you know the sad part is about kevin um because you know i've i've had this obviously i'm a huge ghost on the shelf fan and i i have kevin to thank for a lot of that because he directed the show and sure. di- did a lot of that work and you know he's directed a lot of stuff like uh ninja scroll and the second dub evoked and he's done great work the yeah. thing i find kind of tragic but kind of matches what the way you just described him to me is that I could only find one interview with him just one and it's from the ghost in the shell standalone complex um solid state society movie it's the only one I could find anywhere else I could not find a single like written review podcast
5: nothing you mean Um, the one with Mary and I yes yeah that's
0: the only thing I could ever find of of that and you know I don't I don't want to speculate because I didn't. I didn't know the man, but he seemed very shy. He seemed very, you know, introspective and and didn't want. I mean, he didn't do the convention scene. He didn't really go out there. And... Oh, no, wouldn't.
5: And I, I actually, I, a couple of times, I, I got some some interest for him, and you know, to do some interviews or, or cons or whatever. And he just never wanted to do any of that. Um, he, I think he just was didn't feel comfortable being in the limelight. I think he liked he preferred being behind the scenes and uh you know he wasn't he wasn't uh uh he didn't have that actor's uh you know uh, outgoingness uh you know uh, of wanting to be in the the limelight that whole thing and i think he just was very uh, to himself um but you know which doesn't doesn't mean that he wasn't friendly or or nice when you talked to him he was but you know he just i think he uh, i don't think he liked to be in large crowds i don't think he wanted to talk to a bunch of people and uh, and yeah, I think you're right about the uh, the interview thing. I think that was probably the only interview he ever did
0: um, and I guess this will be our last thing about Kevin and that I think we're gonna move on but uh what are what are any memories gets or otherwise um, do you have from working with him in the booth any anything pop to mind?
5: well i I think I pretty much covered it for the most part i uh, I just remember I w- remember one time something was happening. I can't remember specifically what it was, but uh you know he was out there and there were some clients in the booth and there was some weird stuff going on and uh the writing was not good but um you know this is this is kind of a thing where he and I didn't always agree, and that was that Kevin sometimes is more interested in it being exactly like the original Japanese, even if it sounded stilted. And, uh, to me, I didn't like that. I wanted it to sound natural. I wanted these characters to sound like they're having a normal conversation and not speaking, you know, in a, uh, (laughs) in a robotic, uh, you know, dialogue. And I just, uh, I think sometimes, uh, we would, uh, we would go head-to-head about that stuff. And, uh, you know, he was very very particular about the meaning of this word or that word. And, and, and my thing is, you know, I think it's okay as long as you're saying the gist of what they're saying, you know. And if people are that tied up in that, then they should just watch the original. And, you know, I, there's this big debate with the, uh, with the subtitles versus the dubs. Well, the subtitles are not always accurate either uh you know the subtitles are kind of screwed up sometimes too so uh the people have this thing that the subtitles are accurate and they're they're not always accurate i've had a lot of a lot of people who speak these languages tell me that that's not what they're saying or that's not exactly right so there there is uh, you know undependable i guess is as uh, as the dub versions um, but we, but he and i would kind of get into it about, a little bit about that and one time we were getting into a little bit and i was in the booth and he had clients there and i could just feel he was getting really upset and uptight about the whole thing. So I just kind of dropped it and, you know, basically acquiesced and let him do what he wanted to do.
0: All right. So um, speaking of that, I think that's a perfect segue into uh, last time you were on the show, you mentioned working on the script of innocence with Crispin. Um, And I, I wanted to know how frustrating was it to make that dub sound natural and at the same time be faithful to what they're saying on screen? Well, that
5: was really tough and, and, and actually Crispin uh was very helpful to me because uh it was so frustrating when I first started doing it because it was just all platitudes and, you know, sayings and parables and you know, and nobody talks like that. So I had to kind of work it into the dialogue to make it sound natural somehow. And uh I think I was talking to Crispin one day and I said, you know, boy, I'd like to just throw this shit out and you know and write something different completely and he and we had this big discussion about it and you know and basically the realization that I came to after talking to him about it was that you know it's not it's not really my movie it's my movie to you know to to replace the uh, the dialogue but it's not my movie and I I do have to stay you know you do have to stay true to the creator's intent you know you do have to uh uh be true to what they're trying to convey and and create and you just can't take it and change it. Now, we you know, I we've had these situations in the past where we've gotten terrible movies and people have said to us, "Oh, just, you know, write something completely different, make it funny or whatever." You know, we've had those situations like that. But on this stuff, I mean, you know, you're you're dealing with these guys that are very celebrated artists and you want to uh, you know, you want to respect their work and be true to what they're doing. So, you know it was very difficult i'll tell you it was a it was a very very tough uh... script to write but i think it it came out really well and i was very happy with the way it came out and uh... and it was nice you know uh... you know I, i enjoyed working with kevin i have no uh... no qualms with him but it was nice to actually uh... play my character the way i wanted to play him and uh... and so that was that was a cool thing for me to be able to do that one time you know
0: though well maybe you get to do it again
5: maybe maybe yeah we'll
0: see um now staying on instance here but um oshi tends to pontificate as Bato in that movie like it's it stops sounding like Bato at a certain point it's just oshi pontificating through Bato's voice now yeah. how did you kind of approach that when you wrote the script and how did you approach that as Bato?
5: Well, as, as we were talking about earlier in the interview, it's just, uh, you know, you basically go through different things in your life, and he was, uh, you know, Bateau was going through a very introspective period in his life, and the major was gone, and he was sad about that, and uh, I think he, he really missed her, and uh, my my whole thing about playing Bateau is that he's always been, you know, in love with the major, and uh, since the major left and was gone, he felt this uh, huge pull in his life, and he was very introspective about things and he was you know uh, very philosophical about things where he was uh, not before so he was very different and it was very very i had to play him very differently you know and i had to had to take all that into account well yeah
0: especially more so in innocence more innocence is definitely the love story of of all of all the adaptations yeah it's the most blatant out of all of them where he you know you can tell that he has feelings for the major, um, even though she's gone, like there's no getting her back at this point and he can't follow her where she goes. Yeah. Um, what, and to, to play with that unrequited love, um, you know, how do you, how do you, I guess, get, um, how do you, how do you make sure that, you know, that, that meaning stays in there when you're playing Bateau? Um, as you're pontificating at the same time, I guess, you know, cause Oshie is this crazy genius who likes to pontificate and write love stories and the same script and the same line. Yeah.
5: Well, whatever, you know, whatever you're saying, you just have to make it work. You have to just, uh, to, uh, believe it and just, you know, say it and jump in with both feet, you know,
0: now, the other thing you you did do on this film is obviously direct it, but I I've always wondered how difficult it is for an actor to direct himself.
5: Well, it, it's it is difficult for some actors to do that. I I don't have a problem with it. In fact, I I prefer it on many occasions. I've directed many many series and many uh, you know uh, films where I've done the uh, the voice stuff on, and and I actually really like it because I know exactly what I want. So. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, some actors do. Some actors don't have a a built-in third eye that they, you know, they just they need that that director to tell them what to do, but I can kind of uh, you know, uh, be schizophrenic, I guess, when I have to be and you know, I, I'll I'll be the actor and I'll record the line and then I'll play it back and I'll you know, but I mean I'm at the point now I don't even have to play it back. I know when I did it if it was right or not. So um you know, it's 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 easier sometimes for me just to do it because, like I say, I know exactly what I want, and it, I can just go for that, and I don't have to uh, to defer to another director. But you know, it's if you're working with a great director, it's it's always wonderful too. And uh, but you know, honestly, between you and me and the lamppost, there's a uh, there's not a ton of great directors out there. There's there's people that are okay, and there's people that uh, you know do a decent job, but there's very few directors you work with you go, wow, that that really elevated my performance, or that really brought me to, a, to another place, and, you know, there's a few of them out there, and those, those are the great directors to work with, and I try to be that way when I work with the actors. You know, I think the fact that I'm an actor and a director, you know, when I'm acting, my directing helps me a lot, and when I'm, I'm directing, my acting helps me a lot. So I think it's just a, it's, it's a really good, uh, symbiotic relationship.
0: All right. Now uh, we're, we're kind of winding down here. We discussed this a little bit earlier, but with, with innovations like Google Glass and our smartphones getting smarter and smarter and more advanced and stories like that NSA scandal breaking, uh, does it seem to you that Ghost in the Shell is becoming even more relevant than before?
5: Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be on us quicker than we know. And, you know, like I said earlier, the this whole thing about the morality, about the technology, uh, we're going to have to start thinking about that and making parameters for this stuff because some of this stuff will be, you know, hopefully used for for good, but there's there's there I'm sure there's a lot of evil applications to a lot of this stuff and you know, it is a little scary. I mean, I was thinking about it the other day how we are we're so tied to our devices. You know, people can't do anything without their devices, you know. They can't go anywhere. They you know, God forbid you should have your, you know, you shouldn't have a phone on you for five minutes or a computer or or an iPad or, you know, it just, it's so bizarre. We're so locked into this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's like you're going, how did people exist before this, <laughs> you know? And uh, I just think it's going to get worse. And I think it's going to be, we are going to see, we're going to start seeing things being, uh, you know, implemented into our bodies. And we are going to see things that are going to be, you know, parts that are going to be, you know, changed for I mean, we're already seeing that we're already seeing artificial hearts and art you know we're already seeing all that stuff and I think if there was a way to connect your mind to the internet or whatever, I think they would they would want to do that at some point. so I like I say, I think there's there's good applications for that and then there's there's also bad applications for that and I think that that's a little frightening. I mean, you could have somebody control everybody you know they could hack into everybody's mind and control them and that would be a terrible thing and you know, I mean so all the all the the benefits that, that could go with that would go out the window if everybody, you know, had no will any longer, you know, because they're controlled by the the government or whoever is controlling it, you know. So well, I mean it's a little frightening.
0: It's interesting you bring that up because yes, you're right. We even see that on the show that the good guys, quote unquote, use uh, their hacking abilities to literally control people like not yeah. figuratively literally control these people to doing stuff right. do you think that you know we will ever progress to that stage where we can just you know we'll we'll have the the capability of literally controlling a person with this amount of information that courses through the net
5: i i think that it's it's not uh, it's not far from our grasp to tell you the truth I think that within the next, uh, you know, so many years, I think they're going to have the technology to uh, do all sorts of things that are are to have the potential to be wonderful or very frightening. And uh, you know, that's the scary part. And I think that's what's great about the show Ghost in the Shell is it asks a lot of those questions. And if you you look at the older shows, a lot of the stuff that's on the older shows we're actually starting to get into now you know, as some of the devices and things that they have on the show. I mean, we're starting to see some of that stuff. And it's it's a little frightening, you know.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, as soon as we get the touch coma, that would be cool. <laughs>
5: yeah. As long as they don't talk like that, that would drive me crazy. Oh, really? <laughs> Well, Stephen Hawking came out in a statement saying the worst thing we ever invented was AI. He said, it's going to be a big problem. We're going to have to deal with it. And, you know, I can see why. And this is one of the most brilliant guys on the planet. And he's saying that and I have to agree with him. I mean, that could be very, very dangerous.
0: But do you think the the benefits outweigh the the negatives or are they just gonna kind of balance themselves out when we work out the bugs?
5: Well, I think it all depends on the application. And once again, it depends on who's controlling the technology. And if you have good people using it for good reasons, I, I think it's wonderful. But the problem, you know, it's like anything, it's like a gun you know a gun can be a good thing but it can be a terrible thing you know it just it just depends on who's controlling it
0: all righty we're writing down here and i think this is our last question um a rise right now is going on strong two episodes out uh but ghost in the shell as a franchise as a whole is now 25 years old yeah. uh, why do you think this franchise just keeps coming back
5: uh, I think for the reasons that I said, the, uh, it's not just a, a cop show. It's not just a shoot up. It, uh, it asks philosophical questions. It, ha- it has a lot of levels to it. It, it pushes the envelope. It, it takes you places that, you know, Western animation does not. It's, uh, you know, it's very, very interesting and, uh, and, uh, Thought-provoking, and I think that uh, people enjoy that. And I think that that's what keeps bringing them back.
0: Now, um, last thing: we after a rise. Do you think? Where do you think the franchise can go from here? Where we're getting to the point where Ghost Nichelle is almost reality. Yeah. Do you think the well, franchise? Sorry, go ahead.
5: I, 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 well, they you know they keep talking about this live-action movie that they want to do, and I think that would be awesome if they did that. You know. Provided, of course, they have me starring as Bateau. Otherwise, I'll hate them forever. <laughs> actually, that but, would be uh, cu-
0: like, no joking aside
5: here. You could but, probably uh, play yeah, a live no, action I, Bateau. Uh, I would be curious to see what uh, a live action.
0: No joking aside here. I'm serious. You could actually probably play the live action Bateau. I'd, I'd really want to see you with those eyes.
5: I absolutely could.
0: You've got the stature for it. I don't see why not.
5: I would absolutely. I would pump up like crazy too to do it. So, so if you're listening out there, Steven Spielberg, I'm available.
0: <laughs> and this is again at DreamWorks, so hopefully they won't screw up the subtitles.
5: Yeah, they probably will. <laughs>
0: um, last, but I guess last but not least, but um, obviously we don't. We're the, the Rise, as far as we know, is not being dubbed, but that's a Funimation. Um. I, this is something I came up with the other day, and I've been saving it for the interview. Um. And I think this is very important, you know, whether or not the Ghost in the Shell cast come back and let me throw this in there. I want the Ghost in the Shell standalone complex cast to come back. But even if they don't, I think that, you know, this franchise would not be as successful as it is without Mr. Kevin Seymour. Yeah. And I think that whether or not the cast comes back, and I hope they do, Funimation, if you are listening, I believe you should dedicate the English dub to Kevin Seymour because there is no franchise here in the United States without him. I just throw in a little credit in there. That would
5: be a lovely thing to do and I would agree with you. I think it's a it's a lovely idea and I hope they honor that. That would be uh there would be no Ghost in the Shell in America without Kevin Seymour. That's true. All right.
0: Now without further ado, thank you Richard for taking the time out of your busy schedule on this Sunday evening to be with us. I'm going to go
5: celebrate my birthday dinner right now. So, um Happy I- birthday. Thank you. Yours Thank
0: is you. very close to mine. Yours was on Tuesday.
5: It was April 29th, and uh, but we were we were waiting for everyone to be in town to uh, to go. So we're gonna we're gonna go uh, have dinner uh, with the family, which will be nice. My son's in town. I have my my son, my daughter, my wife, and I, and my son's fiance. So it'll be a wonderful uh, wonderful evening. We're looking forward to it.
0: All right. Happy birthday. Thank, Thank you. you. And good night.
5: Good night. Thank you. Follow me
0: Hey guys, uh, we're back. I hope you all enjoyed the interview. Uh, I certainly did. It's, again, I always just love talking to Richard, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Sorry you guys weren't there. (laughs) We were fired temporarily. (laughs) Yeah, we want, well, that was intentional, I'll be honest, because we wanted to do it this way because we had seven people on the call last week. I wanted to do something completely different. Next week, we'll do a little bit more of our regular type of interviews. Um, So, Uh, Please donate to Momocon, or to donate to us for our Momocon coverage. Uh, See, what we're trying to do is grab an extra camera and uh, use that for the Toonami panel, as well as for our interviews, and reassign one of our previous cameras, which is a consumer camera, uh, to behind-the-scenes footage and record us setting up cameras, walking you through the process of of getting interviews and walking you through the process of editing the Tsunami panel, working on the Tsunami panel, just getting you all the footage that you could ever want. Uh, And what it really is like to be press at a convention, because I think a lot of people think that being press is awesome because you get to skip the line and, you know... (laughs) Yeah, that... maybe for Momocon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- look, that's... No, you you always get to skip the line. I'm sorry. I've never been to a convention that I've uh, not skipped no. the line. Nope, 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 nope. Not in New York Comic Con. Well, fuck New York Comic Con. I'm sorry. <laughs> fuck them. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, when you're press, you're running around. and You do not have the time to wait in line. Because you're running from interview to panel to interview to panel to interview to panel. You're just running all over the place. And at the same time, you're mingling, you're doing all this stuff, you're making connections with people in press, with people in the media, with people uh, who, you know, and making sure that, you know, some of these people want to come back and and managing all these types of stuff. And it's hard work. It's not just a walk in the park. And people think it is. And I I hope that this behind-the-scenes look gives you a better idea of what we actually do at these conventions.
4: Like, we literally get up early and go to bed late.
0: Yeah, it's 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 work. We still have fun, but it's work. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the other, but please donate because we would really, I really like to do this, and I don't want to use my shitty camera for stuff that would be way more important than our behind the scenes.
4: Because if I text Jose, he's not gonna answer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we w- the camera we're actually planning on getting will be a professional grade camera, just like the HBX 200. I haven't settled on a model yet. Depends on how much money we raise. Um, and ho- hopefully we raise the full amount so we can get the good camera, the really good camera. Come on, help us out. People. Help us out. We're at $287. As of this writing, we are trying to get to 800. You can go beyond that if you want. And we're offering some cool stuff. Like you can come on our show. You can also, we're offering this to one person for 500 bucks. When so The reason we put it so high, you get to pick a guest. It's already claimed. It's not claimed. No. No. Nope. Nobody's claimed it. We would not be at $287 if somebody had claimed it. Mm. It's a $500 thing. We know it's high, but it's high for a reason. And, of course, it's pending availability and pending approval. You can't – there are some people that are going to be off limits. We're really sorry. Uh, and there are some people that we're just not going to be able to get. We'll, we'll try. <laughs> try uh, key, being the keyword. <laughs> yeah, we will try, try being the keyword. We can't. We will do the best we can with that one. Um, there are some people that are just not going to be able to come back, or they're not going to be able to come on, or they just won't return our phone calls. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. People get busy. Uh, how long did you try to get Michelle Ruff on this show, Darrell? Took me a year and a half, almost.
3: Yep. <laughs> and I'm still trying to get one of the other person on this show. Not happening. Any time soon, apparently.
4: It took, <laughs>
0: the first time Richard Epgar was on this show, it took a whole, it took almost a year.
4: I mean, it's, it's just due to the fact that people have busy schedules, and like, even when they do schedule things, you know, confirm, something will come up. Yeah. Because that's what happened with Michelle.
0: We didn't get, I mean, like, I know Jason comes on the show a lot now, but for a long time, we didn't get Jason DeMarco on this show. And now he comes on every six months or so. Which is cool. Which is awesome, and we love that, because that's awesome, but, like... And I get fired every time for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, anyways, we, we love to offer this, but just keep in mind, like, there are going to be limits, and we apologize, and we can't deliver it in a timely manner. We, we There's going to be... Sometimes we're going to be able to deliver it. Um, But, yeah, please, someone claim that. We're only offering it to one person, because we don't want people to go crazy, and... I don't think too many people have $500, but I don't want too many people to go, I want this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. That will will drive me crazy. Look here, we ain't Jesus, all right? (laughs) We can't get him on the show either. We've tried. (laughs) But if you don't want to donate to the MomoCon thing, but you should, just saying, you should, but if you don't want to, uh, maybe you want a T-shirt. You can go ahead and buy a T-shirt from us. They are $10, and they come with Nerdcore Absolutions. Please ask about bigger and smaller sizes. You can find that on our Bandcamp website, uh, com, or something like that. Also, you can donate to us at com slash donate. And uh, you can also buy our Red Bubble t-shirts, and please click our ads. They're awesome.
3: Yay.
0: Please, re- please rate and review... And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Toonami Podcast, and follow our Tumblr account at com. Please visit Faithful for all the old episodes of the podcast. Whole thing. It's all there, we swear. It is. It's not like Dragon Ball Z where there's only 161 episodes. All <laughs> 95 of them are there. All yeah. 95 and change, because there's actually more, technically. Uh, and without further ado, Danny, where can they find you?
3: Well, they can find me on Twitter at zero gamer and um, on Tumblr,
4: zero gamer.
1: All zero. right.
4: Uh, Darrell, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at ukamisamurai 7 at twitter.com. If you want to tumble with me, you can do that at ukami_samurai7.tumblr.com. And if you want to send me any emails, you can do that at darrell_maddox at Um, Sketch
2: Mm. You can follow me on Twitter at sketch1984 I'm also on Tumblr .tumblr sketch1984.tumblr.com ask me any questions at ask.fm backslash sketch1984 and send me emails at sketch at tunamifaithful.com
0: and last but not least myself you can find me at j-e-a-r-g-u-m-e-d-o that's j-e-a-r-g-u-m-e-d-o on twitter you can also find me on dot for you tumblr fanatics you can also email me at J E A R G U M E D O. Tumblr. Uh, sorry at toonamifaithful.com <laughs> that is incorrect um please also follow t- at toonami news and without further ado which I think is my new go-to phrase, I'm noticing. (laughs) Peace or out. Deuces! And we're gonna well we're actually gonna see him at MomoCon, so you know. Yeah, which is which is gonna be fun fun, fun, fun.
4: Yeah, you sound convinced of that right now.
0: No no no, I am, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna okay. have our to on upside be... website
4: anniversary too. No, I'm <laughs> going
0: to oh I'm gonna I'm gonna confess something right now. I was just checking my phone right now. It was Bryce, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was I was sorry. Guys. Oh,
2: well, sorry for interrupting your important <laughs> time with Bryce Papandrou. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, just, I, just, I got a message from him and it distracted me. I'm like, uh, "Speak of the fucking devil."
2: <laughs> anyway, uh, no, speak of the devil's son. Oh, speak of uh, the. Uh, yes.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> nice of them, and so I'm hoping that they'll. They'll come to their senses and have Mary and I do uh, Ghost in the Shell arise, which would be awesome. Yeah. But I know the fans would really like that too.
0: I really want William to come back and do Armaki. Yeah. I can't imagine Armaki with anybody else's voice. I can't
5: imagine anybody doing it with other people. But you know, that's that's what happens. And, yeah. You know, time marches on.
0: I understand that they are in Texas, and I, I get the economics of that. But we still hope.
5: Well, you know, worst comes worst. They could, you know, they could fly their guy out here and record it here. You know. Yeah. I mean, that would make more sense. Really. Or have
0: you direct it? It's not like you haven't done it before.
5: Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I would be down for that.
0: All right. So uh, just to give you a rundown of what to expect, uh, we, we're going to ask, this is mostly going to be Ghost in the Shell because it's the 25th anniversary.
5: OK, well, we should have just recorded that whole thing we just had right there. <laughs> well.
4: How are you feeling? Does your brain hurt?
1: That's supposed to be some kind of joke? The brain's not capable of sensing pain.
3: Don't be like that. There's no reason we can't take our time and enjoy this. Or could it be that you don't like me?
1: No offense, but that's it exactly. Now that we're both clear on that, can we get on with this? I'm in a bit of a rush.